Well, boys, welcome back. <laughs> well, boys, hey, you know what it is? Your friendly, uh, friendly neighborhood homeboys. I don't know what to call it. We don't have like a nickname because, like, calling ourselves the Talk Our Way Out guys is kind of weak. Yeah, we the Toe Woes. The Toe Woes. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> that's tough too. Yeah, it doesn't um, work. No, we're not that's a bad acronym. And like, call yourselves like the Three Musketeers is kind of weak too. So I'm kind of like it's overplayed. We'll be the homeboys. Just the homeboys? Just oh, for yeah. today. The homeboys, the original one. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one's ever said that before. We're so, creative. Do you guys, Do you guys know what hydro homies are? Hydro homies? Oh, you guys fun. are not on Reddit enough. <laughs> oh, okay, let, let's hear it. Let's hear the Reddit. Uh, hydro homies are just like just a bunch of bros who just really like water. If you just look I up mean, that's what our hydro homies, it's just nothing but water memes. Just I mean, drinking that, water. That's being all hydrated. I could think of. It yeah. was like, this is like a water joke. No, they, they <laughs> yeah. take it very. It's no joke, man. These are it's hydro no homies. Joke. We're lake boys. <laughs> oh no, that's uh, <laughs> that's intense. We're the hydro boys. Well, uh, welcome back to another day. We appreciate you guys sticking around. Um, Kyle, fuck, we Kyle. started off with like, hey, thanks for making it this far. <laughs> it's been like two minutes. <laughs> it's gonna be a rough one today, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I've been going for a It's going bit. as well as Kyle's nose is. Kyle, oh, you want to oh, talk about God. your week? <laughs> Man, if it didn't get any worse, I fucking busted it at basketball. First game back, <laughs> COVID restrictions dropped down. I'm not, I'm not worried about COVID. I'm worried about elbows. So caught. Set, set the charge, guy's coming straight to the chest, last second, he decides he's going to go over top, catch the elbow mm. on the bridge, wow. starts bleeding everywhere. That's fun. Wow, it was, man. Uh, that's super, that's rough. super sick. That sounds like shit. Honestly, you know, I played football for a long time, but I'm also low-key a baby, and if someone hits me in the nose, I'm like, man, yeah. I'm just going to cry. Like, I don't know what to do about this. <laughs> like, I was thinking about the, the, the longest yard, of the, I broke in my nose. <laughs> right? But uh, right, right when it happened, I didn't realize it was actually broken because everybody talks about like because I've never broken anything except for like fingers and toes. Like I don't even know those count. They just happen once yeah, in a while. Yeah, they just happen. But like it, it definitely broke. The doctor said it did, but it didn't really feel like much more than just like a regular ass hit. So mm. I, I kind of got rid of the blood, got the band aid on, and I'm like, okay, I'm good to go, and went back in. Then uh, after went stopped by and saw Britt and I'm like oh yeah like I heard my nose she's like no you broke it like it's, <laughs> oh, it's man. clearly broken you're bruised she's like Think- damn it Kyle like <laughs> you yeah. gotta keep your face intact yeah so she's like oh yeah you got that car accident injury you like had a little concussion oh yeah just bust your nose and go back to basketball that makes sense and I'm like yeah <laughs> yeah it's fine but uh so she made me go to the hospital I love it and. That's probably the most adventurous place I've been in the last year. <laughs> if you want to have a story, go to the Chilliwack General Hospital emergency room. The place <laughs> was bumping. Oh, the, really? The second I get in there, they're taking my name, they're taking this. Guy ODs. What? She, she asked for my address. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, this guy's just gone. Like, they just take him to the back, deal with it. Oh, no. I go sit down. Another guy comes out of the bathroom. Just heaving, heaving, falling all over the place, asking people for change. Oh Nurse comes running over. <laughs> hey, you got to put on a mask. <laughs> like, that's our big concern here. Wow. Just, what else are they going to do, I guess? I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, that's great. Whatever, do your thing. But uh, whole time ends up, uh, get get through the original room, get into the, the office. The doctor comes over and he's like, oh, wow, oh, that's actually kind of surprising. I'm like, oh, what? He's like. Oh, when I when I came over, like I thought it was really swollen, but you just have a really pronounced nose. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> the 
doctor. The audacity! Wow, hey. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, pronounced? You're even gonna use doctor terms to roast me? Like, yeah, I guess it's not so bad. It's just broken. But he's like, yeah, it looks like it's uh, it's pretty straight. So uh, I know you've been sitting here for four hours, but we got nothing to do. Put wow. some ice on it, take some Tylenol, give it a couple days break. Why is he so self-aware of how obnoxious this treatment is? <laughs> yeah, so would you wait four hours to see me? Yeah, yeah. put some ice on it. <laughs> Welcome to Walk Canada. Off, you didn't pay anything except for time. That's wow, a, hey. That's yeah. actually so funny, man. That kills me. Like, yeah. But other than, like, little bruising, my safety glasses at work, they uh, sit perfectly on the brake, so that's really fun. <laughs> but uh, other than that, broken nose is literally nothing. It's Well, there's, it's like, baby there's work. no bones in there, man. It's all cartilage. It's cartilage, like, it's yeah. a weird. It's a weird thing to break. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, I don't... I, I thought it was going to be more. I thought there was, like, something they had to do. Yeah. But it's just, you kind of just... Go home, and eventually it's not <laughs> How broken. How do you wrap it up? I guess. Yeah, but uh, that yeah, that's that's my broken nose story. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Get roasted immediately. <laughs> Matt, you had a good time with your uh, with your man, little man today. Uh, well, yeah, this man. Week. Over the, uh, I, I just find it so funny. So over the past two weeks, two weeks ago we went to the water slides. Just last week we went to the uh, the amusement park, both oh. up at Cultus. Oh shit! It was a good time, but it was like from January first on. COVID just never existed for people. Like, just everyone. And, like, I'm on the fence about it. Yeah, sure. But everyone's like, oh, yeah, finally, we can just take it off. Everyone's okay now. So going into both of this, the water slides and the the amusement park, just jam-packed. Like, if it wasn't for the actual staff wearing masks, you would never even know it had ever been a thing. Just people shoulder to shoulder everywhere. And it's like, you guys... There was a pandemic like a couple days ago. <laughs> Is everyone okay? And just no one gives a fuck no anymore. Gives a fuck. Yeah, and like I, I get it. It's like it's been drawn out for so long, right? But yeah. it's just such a funny, noticeable change. <laughs> it's just a light switch happened. And just everything's different. Yeah. It's I, uh it's a good one. I feel you. It's like even like at the restaurant, it's like I'm still like wired to like have to like monitor people with mm-hmm. masks. So like I'll see someone walk by without a mask. I'm like, but then I'm like, oh yeah. I'm not supposed to care anymore. Nice. Like, I don't really care. I'm just like, it's one of those things you get conditioned to do because you don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. But. Yeah. Now when you see people in a store with a mask on, you're that's like, one, oh, you're baby. Still- that's one. <laughs> one punch hit. The mic. One, one rule. Don't one punch rule. the mic. Punched it already. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with the, the mask too, it's because uh, every store has a sign on it. We still want you to wear a mask. It's unless encouraged. you've been double vaccinated or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But there's no way to enforce it, so it's a no. bullshit rule. Well, it's did you? There was a couple of people. I like. Uh, I I want to say like maybe Quebec or Ontario. Or I, I don't know for sure. But they made like a fake uh, COVID test or passport or something like that, saying that oh. they had gotten vaccinated, and they actually back checked it and they got fined or something like that. Uh, yeah. So there were some people out there faking this thing, just trying to be able to travel, and they got full on called out on it. That's hilarious. Yeah, That's so yeah, because I, I know I know people are talking about doing like fake IDs, fake passports, or and fake like exemption cards. Yeah, the fake yeah, exemption. Yeah, <laughs> Man. If you have an exemption, they don't give you a card for it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you can do fun. anything with Photoshop. I just I was, I was told I could get an exemption this whole time because I I have a deviated septum, so I can't really breathe out of my nose properly. They're you like, can, oh, you could get. I'm like, you can literally. It's tell five them, seconds. You can literally tell them anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I have asthma, and they'll give you an exemption. Yeah. Claustrophobic. 
but like I think I ate too much shrimp today. And like, <laughs> I don't know if I can really breathe. I'm a little in this mask. gassy, to be honest, and it's not good for you guys. Yeah, when I burped three times in my mask, like it, we kind of gotta throw it out. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'll, I'll honestly pass out with the fumes of the gross bile that I've been eating lately. So, oh my god, the thing is, uh, places like Costco, like, oh, you have an exemption? They don't care. Yeah. <laughs> can't come in so like it doesn't even really matter if anyone like any of these private companies really don't want you to come in what are you gonna do iron exemption there's that video that's that, that video was so funny the one that was going around about the uh it was like the jack astors and there's uh i showed mm, matt the video i yeah, think you probably yeah. saw it on instagram but it was the one where the guy's like literally in the pisser and the dude's like hovering him and he's like oh. you're not wearing a mask he's like dude i'm trying to take a piss <laughs> And as someone that's had to enforce the mask policy, yo, let the man piss. Why? You don't have to take it that far. Like, stand outside the door. Was he going to do jump out the window while you're not looking? Like, he has to come out, right? Yeah. Let him pee. Let him come out. Then regulate him. You don't have to, like, hover his shoulder and be like, "Mm, your flow's getting a little weak. You're getting closer to that mask Okay, hold on. Let's break this down for a second. So the video starts there with the man who's the one yelling without a mask right there. In the bathroom next to the urinal. So how do we know that he's actually pissing? And what if he was arguing with them before and then he just leaves and goes, I got to go take a fucking piss. And he goes into the bathroom and he's standing there pretending to piss. And the guy's like, dude, you got to put your fucking mask on. And he followed him in because he clearly just tried leaving the previous argument. And then that's when the guy pulls his phone out and starts recording. You know what? I feel like if if the context was drastically different from where from what the recording showed i yeah. feel like the dude on the camera would have been like no 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 you can't just start filming now and act like this didn't happen because <laughs> that would be pretty sick the, the commitment though to be like in the argument and the guy's like no you gotta do this and just look him in the eye and whip the dick out and <laughs> oh, just yeah, I sound get, like an asshole. get a flow just yeah. still get a flow at that point too <laughs> you gotta really not want that mask so 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 what happened then is he mid piss and this guy comes in he's like hey you gotta put your mask on and he actually, takes his phone out afterwards I don't even think he's actually peeing I See, think, that's what I don't think he is I think either. he was literally at the urinal saying he wanted to take a piss and then the guy was giving him a hard time but he's not even pissing he's just arguing with him standing in the washroom oh, but then the next video cuts and I imagine the dude like walked out, let him piss, and then when he came out, then the rest of the management and uh, staff confronted mm-hmm. him. And then there's like that one poor lady who's getting really upset because she's so frustrated with him because yeah. he's being so irrational. And see, I totally understand because in most scenarios, you know, especially as a customer service, you're told to like, you know, the customer's always right. You have to be respectful. You have to be so nice and basically kiss their ass and bend over. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't give a fuck about your exemption. Oh, you have asthma? I don't give a fuck get out it's simple <laughs> like, mm. little you know. little side story do you know who actually invented the phrase the customer's always right no the it was customer. a really good salesman and the full saying is actually the customer is always right in knowing what they want so it's just a saying to other salesmen to listen to what your customer wants because that's the thing that they want you to sell them to that's- so and then the but customers have taken that and going i'm always right listen to everything i fucking tell you because i'm the one who's right when it's actually like a double negative where it's actually like used against them in a way <laughs> most people don't know lazy that. we are is that we couldn't take the second breath and just say the second part of the sentence <laughs> i've yeah. never heard the second yeah, part. most people most either. people don't know about that but it's the customer is always right in knowing what they want i think that's funny on how out of context that's been taken exactly isn't like, that crazy yeah it, it's just it, it really it reminds me of like um, 
like Star Wars. You think about things that are like completely misquoted. Mm-hmm. Luke, I am your father. He never says that. That was never in the movie, but that's like one of the biggest like Star Wars lines ever. Like he says, no, I am your father. He doesn't say Luke. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. like, but like people just like, they'll take what they remember vaguely. It's like, I think he said something like this and then they'll just run with it, throw it in print. It's good enough. We're just paraphrasing. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. And then, it's more relatable. And then once that paraphrasing understanding's lost, then it's like, oh, someone's just reading along and they're like, hmm, yes, I'm going to take that as it is. Exactly. <laughs> well, all right. Cool. I take guess. Take it exactly at face value. <laughs> it's actually funny. Uh, one time I had a university assignment and the teacher was like, um, yeah, make sure that you have some kind of like catchy quote at the beginning to really draw in our attention. And I'm like, okay, sure. And then I kind of did a last minute. So I wasn't, I mean, it was a shit assignment, like shit effort on my part. And um, I couldn't think of any catchy quote. So I go on Google, find like one of those quote websites where you did a little, who said what? Oh, that sounds good. And um, I just pulled a random quote that was obviously completely out of context. But when I, I didn't even take the whole quote. I cut the quote too. So like I took the quote and I shortened it to make the first part of it match what I wanted to mm-hmm. say. And I used that quote. And it just so happens that the kid I get to proofread my thing is well-versed in Genghis Khan, the Book of War. And he's like, mm, I believe he was talking about this in that chapter and just goes off on me in the fucking review. Oh, man. And I'm just like, bro. <laughs> he's like, I don't think that has – as." and then he, he talks about because it's the Book of War. He's like, I don't think that has anything to do with peace and uh, reducing borders. And that was what the assignment was on. So he like completely cooked me. Oh, no. Well, you could argue <laughs> – you were paraphrasing. He's reducing all the borders by just killing everybody. Wouldn't that be what it is? Well, you know but what? I, I don't know. Anything. With all his effort, I got a better grade anyway, so he can suck it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, anyways, moving on. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> um, you were pretty pumped. You were telling me that Windows 11 is coming out. I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, man. Okay. So, like, I'm not like... Like, I really enjoy tech. I, I like the cutting edge of technology and everything. But with that being said, I'm not like a super in-depth IT person like I've, I built my own PC but I had no idea what I was doing like mm-hmm. I still don't know how it actually works but I put it together nice. um but yeah man it's, it, there's some like cool things about it I, one second it's not off the top of my head because again um so the biggest thing it's uh there's a new multitasking windows uh that I'm actually really excited about because like for me I have like two screens and I'm always using up both of those screens and you can like cut screens in half kind of thing yeah but apparently now you can like segment different parts of your screen and you can like set it up differently interesting so i'm like i haven't looked into it too much but um i'm really intrigued by it now so, uh, when they announce a new windows do they still do it like they used to because you know it's funny that you mentioned that because i recently saw a video on instagram of like the 19 windows 95 reveal, when they're launching it and they're like yeah just on stage. they're all dancing yeah. <laughs> they're playing some shitty 80s song that yeah. everybody knows it's and like cringy just, like, on purpose or old something people there's like is everybody ready? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, it's a little ridiculous. Do they still do that, or I don't it... really think so. They still do reveals like that all the time on like a huge stage, and it's a grand event. Right? But Bill, I don't know if they come out dancing? dancing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, so another cool thing is uh, it's a pretty big redesign where like the start menu is in the very center of it, That's and weird it's cloud based, so it changes depending on the time of day and depending on what you're doing. So I'm like, I'm trying to figure out like 
what if you're on Pornhub? Like, <laughs> what happens to your start menu? <laughs> right? Like, well, what if you're switching between work and Pornhub or something? Like, what happens to it? Is oh, it that no. intuitive? Any, any button on the keyboard takes you back home. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, I know you need to be out of here. <laughs> oh, yeah, so it's, no. uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. I, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to see what it is because usually it's like, man, a computer, I just needed to do my work, right? But it's, uh, there's some features in there that I'm excited about. To me, I think what... You know, it's one of those things, it's like natural human thing to be like afraid of change. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, my start menu is in the bottom left because it's organized. It's out of the way. I'm like putting it in the middle. That's weird. Well, it makes me uncomfortable. Why? <laughs> have you ever really used a MacBook? How like your main, like there is no start menu, but your main apps are at the bottom center. Yeah. Really, right. So I think it's kind of more in line with That's that. It's also weird. And I dislike Macs well, because of it. Oh, well, every single like phone Macs. you have, like your your main four, are generally at the bottom mm-hmm. in the center. Charlie said, "Phone though." Yes. What's not, the difference between no, a phone and a and a computer? I'm sitting down. Calling somebody. <laughs> that's <laughs> about the only difference. <laughs> so like that that's how I look at it because I don't really use computers that often. Yeah, yeah. But when I do, I would I would rather it look like my phone, which I use. All day, every so I think day. that is part of their plan because it's funny that you mentioned that it's um, what they're actually going to be doing for the first time ever. Windows 11 is going to completely support Android apps. So you mm. can like download TikTok right to your computer now. And that's like that's I don't know if that's a big deal or not, but that's pretty cool. Like it's uh, yeah. I don't know who the hell needs to use TikTok on their computer. Right. Like, but I the fact that you can do that like, on my phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, it comes down to like you can now have the same app on your computer and your phone and you don't need to share storage between two things. Like if you do a lot of stuff on both, like there's just an integration and everything is just kind of becoming cloud based. So that's that's kind of cool. Interesting. Yeah. I guess they're probably trying to keep up because of uh, like Google Google Chromebook and a Google uh, Pixel phone. You can do that too. You have the the cloud. You can have TikTok and all that. Yeah, as, they're as well. uh, they're really trying to push everything to everything yeah, to be integrated, right? Yeah, because they went like the it's like the tablets, right? The tablets are. At first, they were just like pretty basic, couldn't do anything you could do on a computer. Yeah, man. Then they make them more complex and more sophisticated. Now you can do pretty much everything on the tablets. And then it's like, well, what's the point of getting a computer if the tablet's more convenient? So the processors, like the newest MacBook, or uh, sorry, the newest iPad Pro, it can edit like 4K footage faster than like a high-end PC computer. It's wild. Like they just, the processor (laughs) that they have. That's crazy. Yeah, there's like videos of people just like easily editing this like high-end footage and it's uh, like even the footage on uh, the camera right here like it my, my computer's decent and it struggles a little bit we have to make proxies and everything but supposedly that just the the way the file system works you can just edit all of it it's just it's nothing that's why they're six thousand dollars <laughs> yeah the world <laughs> is chasing apple everybody's just trying to copy <laughs> what they're doing there everybody's five years behind windows google everybody they're like oh phones work okay we'll join in oh Laptop, iPad, okay, we'll get our tablets. Oh, the cloud base works? Okay, we'll try that too. I see, I see Apple as like, like, for lack of a better term, I see them as AOL, where it's like, they're super big, and not in the sense where like AOL, AOL just kind of disappeared, but AOL was like a closed off system of like, everything you wanted to use within AOL, it was like, mm. you, you couldn't really just search things like back in the internet. It was uh, it was called an intranet versus the internet. So intranet is everything is contained within the system and everything you need is kind of there. So that's okay. kind of what Apple's doing as well, where they're trying to create this closed off system. And again, I think there was like an issue with Fortnite on the um, uh, like on the Apple apps or something like that, because Fortnite has in-game purchases 
uh, and Apple was against it, and they actually took them to court. And yeah. uh, I, I can't. I, I was reading a little bit about it. I can't remember what happened, but like, there's like basically a battle right now going between Apple App Store and Fortnite because Fortnite's like, why the hell can't we allow these purchases? And well, Apple's yeah. strongly against it. Because Apple wants every in-app purchase to go through Apple, mm-hmm. and then they take a cut. And yeah. Fortnite's like, well, if we just like make the third-party transactions happen somewhere else, yeah. then we can take all of the cut. Mm-hmm. And Apple's like, fuck you. Yeah, because especially because so Fortnite money. is a free game. Yeah. So technically, the Apple Store wouldn't be making any money off them, but exactly. Fortnite's making all this extra and mo- so many people have Apple phones that yeah. they they want their money. Yeah, they want their cut. I get it, but yeah, you uh, it's super greasy, just like but... like what we talked about last. Like it's uh, if there's an issue in the market, the market's just gonna move, right? Like the, the mm. demand goes where it needs to go. So yeah, these it's these games. There's so much money in them, and like you can see like in the industry just how much money's going in because they're just getting more and more, and like you see these free games, and then you know you think about like Fortnite. Fortnite was a free game. Um, but the graphics are like pretty, like soft. Mm-hmm. But he gets yeah. so much playtime, and now you're getting games that you know they're putting so much money into. So they have to go into like the graphics, and then you start having the question: Do graphics matter more than the gameplay? Yeah, because Fortnite's gameplay obviously has been enough to make it the huge spectacle that it is. And then you have other games that like the graphics. I guess, um, what was the uh, the? Well, there's there's Stadia. That's, Stadia. That's what I find crazy. Warzone. No, it was, uh, what was the other one? Not before Warzone. It was Fortnite and PUBG. That was the one. Oh, PUBG's okay. graphics yeah, are, yeah, yeah. are so bad. Really? Like, hey, see, I've never played either of those. First time I tried to play PUBG, you are like you know how you drop from the thing? That's like the starting point. Sure. Okay, Matt's literally never even thought about playing it. <laughs> okay, the whole point is you're on an island, but to get to the island and where you start on the island, you start on this giant like floating craft that flies above the island. Okay, and this in, is Fortnite. In, in, in all of them. It yeah. all it's just they a different craft. In like oh. Fortnite it's this floating school bus. In PUBG, I think it's just like a plane. So or are whatever. they the same game, but Fortnite you just build stuff? Yeah. Okay, cool. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <all right. laughs> Basically, and okay. that's why uh, you know PUBG's like all pissed because like Fortnite got so big doing the exact same thing. They just well, they were like because they pu- capitalized on memes and stuff, and they their characters can dance and yeah, shit. Right? They definitely took it to another and place. PUBG yeah. started with it was just five on five, whereas okay. war, uh, Fortnite was a hundred people drop. Oh, seriously? You yeah. immediately just hundred people drop. All. You die. Yeah. You load right back in. Oh, you go really? As fast as you can into the next game. Yeah. It's wild. Wow, that's actually but, crazy. But anyways, um, I, I think it was like the first time I played PUBG. I'm like dropping and I'm floating and I'm seeing like as I get closer to the ground, you know, the textures start to render and stuff. And then I get to a point where like I'm about to like land on the house, but the textures on the house haven't loaded. So I'm just standing there like in my like shoot and I'm just like next to the house. And I'm just floating. I'm just stuck. Oh, because it, 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 reg- it didn't register yet. So it like, didn't load the textures. So nice. I'm like, all right, just waiting. Sick game. I'm having a lot of fun right now. Nice, nice. <laughs> it was huh. just shit game. But to think of such shit quality graphics, and it still gets so much playtime. Yeah. And then you wanted to talk about what was it, Stadia? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Made me off the top of my head there. Um, but yeah, Stadia is like this thing that's been in the background for a while. I think it's Google's, I don't know, side project or something like that. Um, but it's been on the phone for the longest time, and it's basically a free app that you download, but then you can purchase games within inside of it. Okay. So they just recently launched this on like pretty much any Android TV. So now you can actually download an app on your TV, plug in a like a remote con- or like a game controller onto your TV through Bluetooth, and you just download a game and just play it straight through the TV, zero console, and it's just over cool. the internet. 
So it's pretty crazy. So there's even like there's That's Cyberpunk intense. 2077, and of course you're not going to get like the cutting edge graphics out of it. And uh, nobody I'm, is <laughs> exactly yeah. But um, because it's stripped back on purpose, people are saying that the gameplay is actually really good. You just have to deal with there's like a little bit less cars on the street and there's less people walking where yeah. like the high end game that's like a crowded street and everything right and that's yeah. where all the graphics come into but like you can just play all of these like brand new games and you don't even need to own a console that's crazy like that's that's really really crazy so it just comes down to like what's the difference between the the best of the game versus the low quality version of the game yeah it, it, it's definitely interesting because like you know that's a game that was pretty polarizing in its own right because of you know a few different things but I almost bought a console for that game. I was so hyped about it. Yeah, so many people were so, so hyped. hyped. About it. Yeah, and then like one of my, one of my closer friends, uh, Devante, he was playing it forever, and he was just telling me how bad it was. Yeah, I still haven't heard that much good things about it. Yeah. like the storyline. Like it's a cool game, but right? it was just so hyped up that yeah. it's like, uh, it's just another game. Yeah, there's yeah. just like way too much going on. I think. Yeah, they tried too, too hard. Many problems like it just wasn't a. They overpromised and underdelivered. Yeah, yeah, which you know, and and that's a big deal because even if you think about like um. What was it, man? It was the biggest game in the fucking world for that year. It's that Pokemon, Poke, Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. That yeah. changed the world. <laughs> that changed the that, world. That the day that day of release, there was like world peace for that one day. Honestly, everything was okay, buddy. For like six months, I swear yeah. to God, like everyone was just going around walking. Around I was town outside all the time, all the time, hanging out with friends. I <laughs> random dudes off the street i'm like yo you playing it's like three in the morning we're like just chilling on some road and i'm like i'm like yo you're looking for this dratini too eh and he's like yeah bro and i'm like cool hop in let's roll nice. and like me and we would just pick up dudes like that would just happen and i wow, was like, hey we weren't even worried because we knew why everyone was out walking yeah, yeah there's no yeah. stranger danger yeah. anymore yeah especially when like wow, you're hey. when you like see something nice like like i said like there was a, that dratini that night i seen like six people and everyone's just like where is it? Where is it? Walking up and down the neighborhood. I'm like, we all know where we're going. There's yeah. three cars driving around in that same neighborhood looking for it. And it's like, no we're all way. doing the same thing. So it's like, you know, you're not stressed when you know why people are. It's when people you are walking around at night, you're like, why is he out there? Yeah. No, you know why. It's when, when you when you take that pause and you're kind of waiting for the the place to reload so you can get your more uh, Pokeballs and you kind of look <laughs> around and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Three of those guys don't have their phones out. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are looking at us like targets here. Like, maybe get back in the car for a quick Right? Well, I actually, you know, I, I know we're on a tangent here, but I've heard people like dropping like the lures that like people are like, oh, they someone dropped a lure here. You'll go hang out so you can get some good Pokemon. And then people just get jumped. <laughs> oh, no. It's like the guy dropped the lure to attract people and then he mugged them. Wow. <laughs> like, that's so reckless. That's um, crazy. But the reason why I bring that up is because that's like another example of a game that overpromised, underdelivered, and it's like they're saying they'll get all the Pokemon, they'll have all this trading and stuff. But trading took like two years to get. Yeah. And at this point, and then there was like there was like limits to it, so it's not even like a real like trading thing. It's just like what a waste of time. Yeah, it was. It was one of those things where they they hit it hot, but they weren't ready for that. They weren't ready for the whole world to play Pokemon. With. They thought there's some people that'll get into it, and then like we'll slowly release. But everybody was there, and we wanted, like, by the next week, we wanted to trade. We There's people that had every single Pokemon. Mm-hmm. They just weren't ready. Whereas Fortnite, this it came out, it got huge, and immediately updates, updates, threw everything at it right off the bat. Yeah. And they were able to capitalize. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, getting off this tangent, going back to that original question, though, I think mm. the... The thing with games that I've noticed, and I'm, you know, not like this is some enlightening take that no one said before, but, like, it, it really... It has to be gameplay. You have to be able to balance the gameplay. And if that means sacrificing graphics, 
it is what it is. Because at the end of the day, all games are based, or you know, they're they're ranked and they're given credit based off how fun they are, how much time you spend in them, how invested you got into it. Games with just good graphics are never just like accepted. Like I was telling Matt the other day, there was a game uh, that I was so hyped for like years for called Anthem. It's coming out by EA. Mm. It looked beautiful. You watch the trade. <laughs> hey, sorry, sorry you keep going. Yeah, yeah, it's just that subtle. Dog shit. <laughs> that, yeah, that confirms You're, it then. You know, the shots of the gameplay, like, it, it was like coming in two years and I'm like, oh my god, I am putting this on my list of must-buys. Like, yeah. I was so hyped. And then when it dropped, I didn't hear many good things. So I'm like, mm, maybe I won't pay $95 for it. Huh. And then, like, I kind of held off a little longer and then you know, I have, uh, was it Xbox Game Pass or whatever? And then eventually, you know, it shows up on there or something like that. And I'm like, oh, I was so excited for this game. Let me try it out. Like five minutes of gameplay and I turned it off and I never played really, it again. Hey? And I was just like, well, this is boring. Man. <laughs> it's so like, if it's not, if it drags on, the game's not good. The graphics yeah. aren't going to make a difference. Yeah. For, for well, me, a big one is uh, the difference between multiplayer and single player. If it's huge. multiplayer, the graphics can take a little they can go to the backside because of the fact that you have so many different servers all connecting and you kind of yeah, yeah. have to be able to have to have we, like for basketball for instance you have to have weird things happen once in a while just because so many people are doing so many different moves but for a single player like a game like far cry primal uh was one that i i didn't expect to like it as much but the the graphics scenery were unreal mm-hmm. but a single player it's only on my console and I don't have to worry about new things rendering in. Okay. But if you're playing by yourself and you see a, a tree that just is like 2D for no reason, <laughs> it's like, okay, there's no excuse for this. So you yeah, kind of, yeah. you notice the graphic problems sing, uh, single player a lot more. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree that, you know, playing offline, it definitely makes a big difference. And I think that good graphics are definitely a good compliment, but I just you got to give credit to the game though mm. for the reason why you wanted to play it for as long as you did because you know games like anthem were an example but you know things like you know what's 2d um i was i played stardew valley stardew valley is like this 8-bit farming sim game and nice. i put fucking hours into this game and you know i'm sitting here whacking trees for days <laughs> and it's like mario graphics and yeah is the tree 2d is it the three different trees it's the only three trees that exist yeah but i'm still out here crushing trees bro like that's funny (laughs) but there's 30 of you (laughs) there's 30 of you that really love that game because like you can get like you personally (laughs) get into the weirdest games that nobody has ever tried before Bro, you, Valley you set it up seen. and there's eight of us get on it you wax us forever because we're like this what is this? what's happening but even Yu-Gi-Oh, you get into it and you decide oh. i'm gonna make every single deck i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that That's, okay. so i Kyle's i get your gameplay kyle's but... got some heat here i have a long history of finding obscure games forcing everyone to play them and nice. then just kicking their ass until i find the next game it's one nice. to two weeks so it's like it, it was a fun enough gameplay for us all to show up <laughs> but that's where that's my pushback if the gameplay is good enough to get in the door it's not enough to keep me there okay that's but funny. then you could also talk about minecraft minecraft has like some of the shittiest graphics out there but it's niche graphics don't matter because you know it's like the most popular game in the world mm-hmm. like if you go on twitch i'm still sure like you 10 years later it's still like one of the top streamed well, games out there there is on netflix a pick your own adventure minecraft show 
fuck? Straight up. <laughs> like, my son is okay, four years old. He has God. no idea what Minecraft is. And we were watching this thing. And he was, like, right into it. And he's like, oh, we're going to pick this one, Dad. Like, oh, it's weird. We're no. going to go this way. And he's, like, picking his own adventure. Essentially playing Minecraft on a TV <laughs> of, like, an A and B options of what this dude's going to do. Like, it was, like, it was impressive. But, yeah, it's, like, again, Minecraft. There you go. It's, it's still it. huge. Is it a... It's basically, like, a technological uh, Lego isn't it? I would uh, almost Lego yeah. on TV. There's there's like more dimensions to it because instead of just stacking things, you can also take other objects and put them into brand new objects. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's really there's different dimensions to it. Yeah. Um, like I I've, I've put so many hours into Minecraft when it first came out. I mean, I don't play it anymore because there's not really much of a story to it. Yeah, but there, there is no gameplay. Well, there is. There is. There's a point. Yeah. What is I, it? I just you, found this up. Yeah. If, if you haven't, there's, there's a point. If to you it? haven't played, like, there's a way to see the credits. Like, there's credits. There's an end credit oh, screen that you can see. The story mode in Minecraft. Well, okay. the whole because the whole point of the game is to be in survival mode, right? You have to get through. You start with absolutely nothing in the daytime. You've got to make it through the night. There's monsters that are coming to kill you, and you're trying to build your life and and you know survive, but. The further you get in the game, the deeper you're, you know, the better technology you've developed, the deeper you're able to get into the earth and find new resources. The whole point is to get to the Ender Realm and fight the Ender Dragon. You kill the Ender Dragon, you get to see the credits. You can see speedruns of people doing it because they get mad fast at it. Huh. So you just dig down until you find a dragon <laughs> and you kill dig, it. Dig, dig. Well, not yeah, really, but <laughs> I think the only time I've ever gotten to that point myself is if i was like in the creative mode where i have access to every item in the game and i can like fly and shit um then i just like grabbed all the items i needed out of the inventory built the portal went there killed the dragon with all of the things that i didn't work hard to earn (laughs) (laughs) but like that's the only way i was ever able to do it that's funny but there's plenty of people that know how to fucking play that game inside out and they just go off and yeah that's the point of the game all the other stuff that's just people the capabilities yeah. of people. But yeah, the, the expandability of that game. But you're going back to, like, the difference between, like, the high-end games versus the low-end games. Like, for myself, I used to be a huge gamer. Like, I used to play... Like, my thing was Forza. I loved Forza, man. Forza is beautiful. Oh, man. That was my fucking I was a, jam. And I was then, a Gran Turismo guy because I was still on oh, PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I played Gran Turismo uh, a lot, too. And right? then uh, even that, and then it, uh, then Dirt came out, and that was mm-hmm. another one that was just fucking huge. Just, like, rally racing, and you're actually, like, drifting? Man, that, I, that, I, I played those back-to-back all day, every day. Um, I, I kind of just grew out of it, I guess, but... Going back to it, I still enjoy games, but I don't want to have to go and invest in all of this money to get a brand new console just to be able to play something. So these Stadia games specifically are cloud-based gaming. Like, they're getting better and better, and that's, like, a good opportunity for me to be able to go, hey, I'm just going to download this app on my TV, and if I feel like it, I can play a game whenever I want now, and right. I don't really need the best graphics. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. Well, I think it's, it even kind of goes back into what Kyle was saying, too, about the multiplayer experience. Now we can talk about genres. How does mm-hmm. genre define, you know, or, like, dictate what matters? Because if you're talking about racing games, if a racing game is ugly, racing game is kind of tough because yeah. they've set yeah. such a high standard yeah. of these games being just as well-driven, well-played, the reactions, you know, once you get them dialed into the realistic most realistic settings they can all be the same now mm-hmm. it's which one looks the best yeah because you can only yeah. tune the the driving to be as realistic as possible you can only get it to a certain if, degree. if there isn't an in cockpit view it's an instant no for me that's how i drive all the cars <laughs> really oh yeah dude. I, I love who are being, you who oh yeah dude in cockpit? yeah straight up and if if it didn't have like the steering wheel and i'm like like the actual thing not <laughs> just like the first checks and then just seeing Bro. people staring yeah, at man. him because there's no cars there <laughs> Bro, 
myself. That's how <laughs> That's I used weird. to drive. But like things like racing games, like I said though, that that has you know a peak playability. So the next level is to have the best possible graphics, and now you have beautiful racing games. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these other games like peak playability you're not trying to chase a certain thing there's always so much to do like talk about stardew valley it's just a farming sim what's peak playability for a farming sim game you can't really find something like that you're still trying to figure it out or you know any other i mean sports games another thing they're trying to get to peak playability but like every year you're like okay this is like the best it's been Mm -hmm. and then next year maybe it got worse maybe it got better you don't really know like Uh i've had i remember when madden 07 was the best madden that ever existed but then you get the Madden 07 on Xbox 360 because that was the new console that year. And it was the shittiest Madden I've ever played in my life. The difference between Madden 07 on Xbox versus 360, night and day different. Really, eh? Weird. But, like, this is the next-gen console. Yeah. yeah. They fucked up the physics. They fucked up everything. Mm. It was terrible. And that's, like, just one example of that's happening in so many sports games so many times. And even different uh, brands of playing the exact same sport you got nba 2k which takes over the whole fucking world they got a fucking sports league and then you got nba live no one plays nba live they stopped selling it i think i think they're just done with it completely because it doesn't sell huh but nba live is made by ea who runs nhl and madden like monopolies so where where does that go yeah and then you were asking to um you know the floor for shitty graphics it's only getting higher because all of the new technology and everything, you know, do we need the high end graphics? Is that even? Yeah. It's just for the, like the, the top end players who just like when you're at the top of your game, it's uh, diminishing returns. I think it is. You have to invest exponentially more money or resources to get that extra 1% right? higher. Right. $10, so it's $10,000 PC or something. Exactly. Like yeah. So it's for these people who are at the absolute top or like, like essentially making money off of this stuff. It's like, man, you may as well have the graphics in there for that. Right. <laughs> graphics, the, frame rate, all those uh, yeah, yeah. But man, it's just uh, the the bottom end is just getting better and better. So I'm curious, like cloud based gaming, how is that going to play into like multiplayer games and everything like that? Like I don't I don't know how that's going to work, but maybe it's already a thing. But it's uh it's pretty interesting. I think we got to move on because I'm falling asleep. Ah. <laughs> and we're talking about games right now. This is my field. But I think, I think we got past. Let's move it. I think we're, we're past yeah. on to the next um, one. Yo, Elon Musk, this dude, and his fucking... Oh, God. Yeah, okay. He had a, something to tell me. Well, okay, man. It's not even something I want to get too into. But I just find it so weird. So over the past little while, he like dropped this like Twitter post saying that he was selling everything he owned. And no one really batted an eye. And then just recently, I, I can't remember what happened, but like he essentially said that he literally lives in a $50,000 tiny home. And like, again, no one even paid any attention to it, but then start, people started looking into it and he has literally sold every single one of his houses. He still owns one house in California that he calls an events house. And then he actually lives in a prefabricated tiny home. And it's just, it's, it's weird. This like billionaire, <laughs> one of the richest pers- people on earth, and he's living in this tiny ass house, but it just comes down to like, is he just a huge stakeholder in that? And it's just like a big marketing ploy where he's going to make money because people are going to want to buy, people are going to want to buy into it. Yeah. Or is he literally just a madman who just has tons of money and he just has no time for worldly possessions. It's it's a weird thing. He's tried everything and he's decided everything sucks. And this is the only thing he needs. Yeah. Yeah. I got two on that. One is I I heard him on Rogan kind of talking about this and he basically like people were talking shit about all the things he has. And he's like, well, I guess, 
I'll just have nothing. And then they <laughs> yeah, can't like, have anything. And that's that's the autistic brain of his. That's yeah, like, he has yeah, uh, Asperger's or something like that. So, like, I fully get that. Like, he, yeah. there's probably a big portion of it where he's like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, yeah. like if, if it's not a mandatory thing, like, you're not, like, struggling. It's like, oh, it's the only way I can afford my own house is to buy a tiny house version and, like, yeah. start that off. It's like... If you're the richest man in the fucking world, or like one of, it's like, yeah, sure, I'll live in a tiny box for a bit. Why not? Yeah. Fuck everyone. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's weird. Were you gonna afford to just like change up your life like that? Exactly. That's another thing. It's like, yeah, I'm just gonna sell everything. Yeah. <laughs> just I'll for just, fun. If I need it again, I'll just buy another exactly. one. Exactly. Buy a and second like, version. Realistically. How much better would the world be if every fucking billionaire <laughs> did that and decided yeah. I'm gonna put all my money. Into making Mars habitable, making yeah. transport, like in LA, Shit he's building coins. the tunnels, <laughs> building flamethrowers. He's a crypto keeper. Like right. He's yeah. of everything. Yeah, he's a he's an interesting guy. There's a it's a it's an interesting thing because he almost considers everything like a like a side project kind of thing, mm. where he doesn't really have one main job. Even Tesla, he's not like he doesn't own Tesla. He's just like a co CEO or part time mm. CEO or something like that. But then through Tesla, then he made the Tesla roof solar panels, and then SpaceX. SpaceX, SpaceX yeah. ended up making the uh, the Starlink, and that, those are like technically two different companies. But it, one made the other one, and it's going to finance the second one. And uh, it's just kind of crazy where it's just every avenue he thinks of he just starts a little project now he has fucking Neuralink where he's building actual computer chips for our brains Wild. that's gonna be like that's gonna get Kyle excited it's cool. a, so, bro <laughs> it's, it's have you have you looked into it or anything uh, oh, oh, very little like I've been are gonna deep, walk. deep into it but it's uh, from from what I saw the the nice approach to it like if you're looking at it in a positive way is that if, if everybody gets the Neuralink, you no longer have to worry about language barriers because you understand what each other are thinking. So, like, any culture can kind of... If you go to Europe, you go to France or whatever, you can both kind of understand each other because of the, the link between you. That would be so and cool. And you, you're able to enhance your memory and enhance basically what you can retain because yeah. of the Neuralink, so from what I understand. That'd be uh, what I'll awesome. definitely say from that is I bet you the tech... It's a possibility, but then the like to link each other's language and relate it to your own language and be able to understand it in like essentially real time, or it would just take a second for it to load. Um, like, even though the possibility is there, I have a translator on my phone that essentially does the same thing, and it's like really cool. But if I were to travel to another world, we can kind of have like broken conversations of like, hey, I need to go here, then they'll hear that, and it's like a back and forth. But to uh, try and have like an in-depth conversation with someone who's speaking a completely different language, I feel like the tech behind that is like probably pretty far away because we just don't have the ability to compute things that fast. And that's even like maybe I'm wrong, but it's uh, I, Neuralink in, in general is trippy, man. From, from like a layman's point, I yeah. uh, completely agree. It doesn't <laughs> seem like we have that. But it's crazy though. like five years ago, NASA could only have an aircraft go up and then it breaks down and now te- uh, Elon Musk is like oh no no mine will just land yeah and then we'll reload and go go again yeah so Wild. you can't really discount what Elon Musk can kind of do in a year yeah which is really crazy because he so much it's increasing exponentially it's crazy yeah he's got fifty thousand dollars in debt like he can he can spend all his other billions on whatever he wants well Maybe and he I decides to. I think uh um who else is going into space right now? Richard oh, Branson. Be- yeah, Bezos he, and Branson. Yeah, they're like in a space race right now. Where I'm, I'm, <laughs> one of them is like 
literally going by the, like like them and a couple of other like astronauts, yeah. actual astronauts, and they're going up in like the next week or something. I think. Yeah, I think Branson. Branson's going up going first. first, and yeah. then Bezos. He's going up with his brother, and then they okay. auctioned off another seat. So some oh. like billionaire paid like two hundred fifty million to come on the see, flight. See, one of those three people are gonna land on the moon, make a base up there, and it's gonna be like Lex Luthor. <laughs> it's gonna like oh, no. just own the moon, and it's gonna be this super station, and no one's gonna be able to do shit because they're geniuses. <laughs> Can you imagine that flight? And you have like that seat got bought by someone really annoying that you don't like, and I'm just like, fuck, some where are we rich going asshole. again? It's fucking space with this idiot. <laughs> <laughs> fucking space, man. No, what you really imagine is something goes wrong. Like, you're just, okay, well, the richest guy on Earth is dead. Who gets his inheritance? Is he, because he doesn't have kids, I don't think, Bezos. Uh, he, he has a ex-wife, who, but I, I guess that's it. I don't know if he has kids. I, I mean, know. like, if they sure were doing does. any, I mean, <laughs> my brain says, well, the money's probably going to go to the fucking U.S. government, and they're going to be like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> but I'm just like, why don't you just donate all of his money to all of his employees, and all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> half the world yeah. in the United States is fixed. Like, that would happen, eh? Never. Never. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of Elon Musk, though, him and his shit coins have inspired so many influencers over the last little mm-hmm. bit to push so many shit coins. And I don't know much about crypto at all. I'm already triggered. Kyle, you're into crypto a little. You're, you're interested I'm, in it, right? It's a it's a combo. It's I was interested. And then, like, as it keeps developing and you realize that, like, it's the the value is determined by the tweeter right that that's, See, that's where it's hard and it's not every one of them but it's it's something where it's a uh, the value seems to be able to drastically change at a blink of an eye yeah potentially in the future it'll be structured so that like there's some other way but the way it's made it's supposed to be able to fluctuate so this could be a potential yeah, it's, it's built off forever. Of just free market right but like as as a market cap increases those fluctuations become smaller and smaller because there's more and more people invested in it, right? So to take out that same sum of mum, uh, that same number, um, monetary number, it's going to drop the value quite a bit. But then once the market cap's bigger, you take out that um, same amount, and the market cap only drops a tiny bit, right? So you need exponentially more people pulling their money out at the same time um, as the market cap gets bigger. So it's kind of this thing where, as a project grows and grows, it becomes more and more stable. So it's like, for me, it's Bitcoin and Ethereum have the absolute potential to change the entire world forever. Everything else is basically a scam. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. that's exactly oh, how 100%. I see it. The ones There's, I heard on the news lately were the Save the Kids coin. So that was all these... Uh, I'm going to call it a scam right now. I don't even know what it is. Uh, they're, all, they're all scam. Apparently, it was profits are going to save the kids. I don't know. Go yeah. to charity or something like that. But it it was just a bunch of uh, these phase dickheads. These guys are like pro gamers or something. And I think Rice Gum... They were doing that, and apparently it was like the graph that everyone sees. It's like it starts here, it goes pretty high, and then it just plummets, and then it just yeah. flatlines at like yeah, zero. Yeah, so that's basically that's called a rug pull. Yeah, and that's like the initial <laughs> investors hype the shit out of this thing, yeah. saying it's the next big thing, and then as soon as people buy in, those people who own like 
pretty much all of it. <laughs> and the public is buying like a small percentage of it, thinking they're investing in all of the coins. Yeah. Those people just pull out and just and then, profit. Like you said, then there's no market and mm-hmm. then everyone who has it is worth nothing. Yeah. And then you just have to move on. Yeah. And then you're, you're, you're what's called a bag holder. Yeah. And then the other one I heard was uh, Logan Paul is Dink Doink coin. And yeah. I'm like, are they just like going off a funny name thinking that? I'm sure because there's so many coins That's- out there that are literally that's it's, the thing it's it's almost not even a scam it's literally a joke and people just like the dogecoin <laughs> was meant to be a joke they're all yes, jokes see. and they're like if you're dumb enough to buy dink doink you deserve to get dink doink yeah no that <laughs> I, fully, I fully agree with that it's that's that's very very true there's there's a fine line between the, like scam coins and just straight up joke coins right it's uh yeah if you're, if you're like, willing to like, invest in it Logan Paul's like openly like in his like Twitter video where he's like talking about it. He's literally calling it it's like the shit coin I believe in. And it's yeah. like he knows yeah. it's a shit coin. Yeah, <laughs> they See, don't if even you just, care anymore. No, it's speaking to like <laughs> uh, it's just new age marketing, I guess, in a sense, right? Like know, if you call it out. If I, if I'm looking at a crypto thing, because I don't really know anything about, it, how do I know what's a shit coin and what's not? Is like, it Bitcoin or Ethereum? <laughs> That's your rule. Okay. Then it's a shit coin. <laughs> so if you want to break it down, you're like. Let's say let's let's look at like the top ten. You got Bitcoin, you have Ethereum, you have Tether, which is like being investigated by the SEC, and they're like essentially a stablecoin scam. You have Ripple, who is there's a Ripple Army, which is essentially an entire computer system network of bots flooding Twitter and Reddit, talking about how good Ripple is. When essentially <laughs> it's also a scam, That's but everyone <laughs> who buys into this are listening to all these other people have all these conversations online, but they're all literal robots. So anyone who yo. like is really strong for <laughs> Ripple, it's like, yo, you're taking advice from robots. That's why Kyle is in crypto yet because he's way too conspiracy driven. And then you hear shit like this as real, and yeah. you're like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so but then you have um. Like Polkadot and Cardano and these like Ethereum killers. So what they're basically doing is they're trying to be a better version of Ethereum before Ethereum can upgrade to the best possible version of Ethereum. So they're all racing towards the same thing with a different name. And the th- what's different is all of these other coins, they don't actually have like a working product. They're all like technically in test nets and they're like, they just talk about how they like it. Like, the way they word it is they make it sound like it's a working thing or it's already here, but realistically, none of it's actually there. You can like, you can buy into their coins and then you can give it back to them and then you'll make like, you're like staking. So it's like you're getting a dividend kind of thing, right? Um, But Ethereum is essentially a working product and they're slowly transitioning into a better version of that working product. And once that happens, it's lights out for everything else, unless someone somehow beat them to it. But um, the so, development behind Ethereum is just exponentially bigger than any other uh, coin out there right now. So the the only thing I've really heard about Ethereum as like a negative is that because uh, that's the only way to buy an NFT is using Ethereum, right? Yes, I think there are a few other coins that also support it, but it's a, essentially Ethereum. The, it's the entire umbrella network. So the argument I've heard is that you take away if NFTs can now be bought by anything what does Ethereum do? Why, why, what makes it useful if you can buy NFTs with something else? Like, isn't it NFT is valuable, so you have to get Ethereum, so it looks yeah, like so Ethereum's better? Essentially what Ethereum is, it's the underlining network um, to allow other apps to integrate with themselves. So Ethereum is literally like a digital gas that allows one file to be transferred to another like file system 
but anywhere in the world. So you use the Ethereum network to utilize, like it's a, it's a, a, a third layer to the internet. So Ethereum okay. itself is another version of the internet. It's, and then in order to use that internet, you have to utilize the, the power that you, you need to, to so transact yeah. with. I feel like the more we talk about this, the more I realize I don't fully understand the internet. Yeah, no one does. And even like this, like I'm trying to keep it as chill as possible and not get too deep into it. And this is already like quite deep. Like most people don't think about any of this kind of stuff, right? But Ethereum is like another internet. That's what it actually is. That's wild. So like a a crypto cloud that actually that has uh, different in-app purchases. Yeah. So like within the Ethereum ecosystem, I can buy some Ethereum. I can then like stake it. So I get some dividends. I can take out a loan against myself on the Ethereum network and then I can use that and start day trading with that money. So this is this was like extremely high risk. But then you can like start day trading with like trying to make small profits here and there when you're also getting dividend payments within that same coin. So there's like a compounded effect on top of a compounded effect almost. So where do where do the dividends come from? Like are you putting Um because what you're actually doing is you're lending your uh, crypto to like a lending platform. So there are other people out there who want the coin that you have. So they're going to buy it off of this uh, website, essentially, this platform, in order so that they can use that coin because they want to use it for different reasons. So this platform that you utilize, they have like a pool, like an X amount of these coins. So depending on how many coins they have and how in demand in it, or how in demand it is, is kind of the... uh, like the profit uh, profit ratio, I guess, kind of thing of like how much money you're going to make off of lending your crypto to this platform. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's like that alone. That's just the DeFi ecosystem. So it's decentralized finance of like being able to trade essentially 21st century or 22nd century stocks and like trade different companies and um, day trade and leverage trading and buying longs and shorting things, all of this stuff, you can now do it without having to go through your banking system. And you you don't have to, like, th- th- there's so many barriers to entry when it comes into the banking system of trying to be able to utilize your money the exact way you want to be able to do it. Yeah. There's so many rules and regulations, and some of them are there to protect people, and some of them are there to it's just, they don't need to be there. So with decentralized finance, there's this opportunity of like, hey, all the risk is on you, but you have that opportunity to now do exactly what you want with your money. Yeah, high risk, high reward. Exactly, yeah. So, and that's, it's mostly, it's more high risk right now because it's all so new and it's yeah. literally like, it's a wild, wild west version of the internet. Like, it's like, it's people more informed than they have ever been and it's a new version of the internet and there's more opportunities everywhere. So people are going everywhere trying to exploit and capitalize on any single avenue they can so that's why there's so many of these scam coins out there because everyone's kind of curious about it. Yeah. But at the core, it's this very new piece of technology that's either still has the potential of like, man, maybe maybe it might end up getting hacked. Like pretty pretty damn unlikely uh, if you actually look into the math. But there, there's still always that chance. Mm-hmm. But as time goes on and it becomes more and more secure, like this this might be around for a long long time. Like, it, it might be okay. like a turning, this paradigm shift, turning of a century kind of thing, right? So, synopsis. Ethereum is a coin that you buy, then you lend it to Ethereum so through it, the 
Ethereum universe to get back into the Ethereum bank. <laughs> yeah, man. And then, yeah. What? Where do you? Where do you? Where do you buy things? Like, what do you? What can you? <laughs> I'm, what am I trying to say? So, I once I have Ethereum, mm-hmm. what can I buy with Ethereum? NFTs. Like, is it just a? Is it? Is it just you can buy <laughs> NFTs and? you can trade it within itself and then potentially make extra money or are you, um, are you actually buying things? No, yeah, so because it's such a new thing, like it's it, not everyone, like there's not really stopping anyone except for demand to be accepting Ethereum or accepting Bitcoin or anything like that, right? Yeah. So it's just because it right now it is volatile, so a lot of companies don't want to start accepting cryptocurrency because you could buy something and then the next day if they don't cash it out, they could lose a quarter of the value or something, right? Like it could okay. drop whenever. So people are a little bit reluctant to be taking in this currency. Yeah. But as soon as the demand is there and as soon as there's like a bit of a stability to it, if if people hold their money or hold their wealth in a certain function, in a certain specific unit of value, companies want money. Yeah. So they're going to accept that version of money no matter what. If I have a ton of something and I don't have any cash... A company's going to go, hey, we accept Ethereum over here. You just happen to buy it? And then it's, that's going to be easier for me because then I no longer have to cash my Ethereum out into cash and then pay for something, right? It's, there's going to be yeah. an easier, easier way of transacting. Tra- transactioning? Transacting? Whew. <laughs> that's a big one. I, um, I just, when I go, so I, I fiddle around. And by fiddle around, I mean, like, I got $10 in this. So don't act, I'm not going to act like I'm, like, investing. But... Um, when I go into like a, like wealth trade simple, it's like mm-hmm. the big app that I see it pushed around everywhere yeah. and I downloaded it. There's all these different coins on there. And now you're, I understand you're saying if it's not Bitcoin or Ethereum, don't waste your time. And that's like, but that, like you see the numbers and I'm like, Hey, why not? Yeah. See, you, that's like, you, there's, you there's a short term it because like, you don't, you don't want it. The idea with Bitcoin is supposed to be, it's not that it's worth sixty thousand dollars it's one bitcoin is that's the dollar amount there isn't a you're not trading it in for money that's the long-term goal of bitcoin whereas the other coins you want to buy it low once it gets high you sell it for real money because this isn't yeah a real everything coin. else is traded against either like usd currency or bitcoin so it's kind of like all, all of the other altcoins their value is based off of those two things so they are if, if bitcoin drops everything else drops more because everyone within a second, especially like the top end traders who have like robots essentially doing trading for them so they can do it, create um, sell orders within milliseconds. Right. So these people wow. will sell all of their altcoins as soon as they see Bitcoin dropping, because what they're going to do is they're taking all of their money out, putting it into a stable coin like USDC or Tether, and then they just wait for the market to drop. But other people see that and they see all of these things dropping and they're like, oh, no, I need to get my fucking money out because I'm about to lose all my money. So then they pull their money out and then all of a sudden you just see everything across the board dropping. And then there's this like big panic selling. Everyone's like, oh, no, crypto's crashing. Oh, no. <laughs> and these people who originally pulled it out are just sitting there with tons of stable coins just waiting. And once the market kind of flattens out and it looks like it's not going to drop any further and no one's really panicking, these people just slowly start accumulating so that they don't like freak the market out again, right? They're, they they don't want the market to just spike all of a sudden and there'll be a buying frenzy. So they want to do this as slowly as they possibly can to accumulate at a low level. Once they've done that, then there's a good chance that if I still have a ton of money, 
I'm going to start making some big buy orders. I'm going to spike the market. I'm going to get people talking about it again because I want other people to go, oh my God, it's going up. I need to buy in now before I miss out. And that's called FOMO. That's when you get those exponential or parabolic gains where it's just exploding and it doesn't make any sense, but it's because everyone is panic buying and it's just these people with tons of money in the beginning of the market going, yeah, okay, yeah, oh yeah, it's spiking, everyone's buying in, we're going to sell soon. So when everyone's buying, the smart people are selling. When everyone's selling, the smart people are buying. This is my problem. <laughs> I'm not the smart people. <laughs> the, the, peop- the, the whole coin is based off the rich decide when it's worth money. Once they, once not they the rich, unload- just the smart. Which are generally the rich. <laughs> you, you either got lucky already. Nah, I'm or so broke, bro. You, you either got lucky already or you're going to be buying in when it's middle or high and selling late. So consistently, high, you're so going to be losing. You're generally going to be losing money as you're going until you get to that top rank, which is basically what money is right now. Except for if, I'm, if I buy in, say, for the, the like, buy it at 60000 they're talking about it's going to make it to hundred grand. And it drops down to twenty grand, and it, it doesn't come up for six months, and I can't afford it, and I end up having to sell. That's something that wasn't dictated by me. It wasn't dictated by any real thing other than the guys up top realize they need to they need to save some money right well, now. Well, see, I'm gonna I'm gonna say they're playing you because you don't know how to play the game. I'm a sucker. Yes. Yeah, so like if you're so if you're investing if you're so investing more money than you can afford, like if you can't handle the market dropping and then you have that emotional reaction of, "Oh my god, I just lost half my money." No, you didn't. You didn't sell yet. As soon as you sell it, then you lost half your money. Mm-hmm. So if you can have the like the mental or emotional stability of not having to work worry about it and just like, "Hey, if I lost that money, Ah, that sucks. But I'm just going to leave it in just to see what happens. And you just kind of leave it there and you forget about the market fluctuations. There's a good chance that if you leave it in there long enough, you're going to you're going to come out on top. And I completely agree. The thing (laughs) is, like, I'm going to throw a random number, probably 50 to 60 percent of people generally go (laughs) paycheck by paycheck. I'm going to say like 80% of people. And, and like, that's what I'm saying. I'm going on the low end. So we're saying 80% of people are just barely coming by and mm-hmm. they're going to be like, okay, I'm finally, I've got it. Bitcoin, I got it in at 20. It's at 40 now. I'm going to put it in more. It's at 60. I'm making so much money. I'm going to, I'm going to put it in. This is finally my time that I made money and it drops and it drops for six months. Most people are dumb enough to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where. The top end is just going to keep winning. And that's where I can't do it because I don't think I would do that personally, but I'm already past the boom. Like the original boom when it was at a dollar or whatever jumps up. Yeah, but everyone says that, but everyone who holds, everyone who hodls is what the term is called, they all make money. All of them. doesn't matter how much you put but in. They haven't, you can't make money if you don't sell. So how could you, how could you because be making you, money? Because if you just hold on to it for like a year, more, more closer towards, if you hold on to it for two years, statistically, every single person who has ever held on for two years has made money. But hasn't it only been around for like three years? No, dude, it's been around since. So Satoshi Nakamoto originally released the white paper in like 2010. The protocol was actually being executed, I think, by 2011, and there was like a handful of people, and they were like the like top leading um, uh, cryptologists and stuff like that, like people who write codes relating to like encrypting uh, files and everything. Yeah. So, and people have been trying to work on a digital dollar since like 1990. There's like interviews of like 
computer scientists talking about how in the future, eventually money is going to be digitized. And there have been versions of Bitcoin before Bitcoin was even released. There was like Bitgold and there was eCash, but none of them could actually solve the problem of like the double spend, the double spend problem, which basically what that is, is if I have a coin and I spend it, if I am fast enough, I can also spend that somewhere else. So what Bitcoin did was create a, a, a system where that is completely impossible. And there's a verification within every single transaction and everything is verified and double checked. And, and Yeah, there's an active ledger, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's where the actual blockchain technology came in. And that's kind of what revolutionized it. And it's not even like this thing that was invented on the spot. People had been working on this for so long. And it was finally Satoshi Nakamoto who put all of these little things together and created Bitcoin. And it just, since that day, no matter what anyone tries to do, no matter all the hacks that are allegedly happening, none of it actually has anything to do with Bitcoin. It has to do with the companies that are supporting Bitcoin, but Bitcoin just can't really be hacked. Yeah. So that's trippy. So I I hear all that. Yeah. I hear it. <laughs> and it may have been around in 2010. Yeah. But nobody was making ten grand off of it in 2010. Like there, there's a ha- maybe a handful of people that bought a million right off the bat, and like yeah, no, there's some, there's, there's quite some a bit people, people that probably did. But that that's what I'm saying is that those those people made that money then. But I don't see I don't see that big jump yet. And okay, if everybody buys in now, yeah, there's so only that limited amount. I see. There's there's a big difference between like okay, what are you investing in? Are you investing to get rich? Well, then you're going to have to play Bitcoin like it was back in 2010, 2011. No one knew what the hell that was. It was the the weirdest concept uh, imaginable, right? So you have to have that same concept of like, okay, I'm now I'm going to invest in Doge because no one actually knows what that is. And maybe it might explode. Maybe I might lose my money. But you now have to take those big, big risks on the supposed shit coins in order to get those big rewards. So if you want to play that game, play that game you can make some money but no one knew bitcoin was going to take off back then right like no one knew what the hell it was it didn't make sense back then unless you were like the leading edge computer scientist people didn't know what it was yeah um but now fast forward to today why are you investing in bitcoin well is it to secure your wealth and do you have an understanding on how money works and do you have an understanding on how money is actually printed and the fact that the federal reserve isn't actually connected to the government they're their own entity and they kind of control the the flow of wealth to the american people so that's kind of crazy yeah. so if if you take that concept and then go okay well what if there was another system where i was in 100% control of my own wealth and there was nothing anyone could do about it that's bitcoin so that's kind of crazy. So do you want to get rich? You have to play the risky day trading or like you have to play the risky buy these coins that no one really knows about, hoping they're going to take off. Or do you want to secure your wealth and do you believe in a new system that might change the world? Then you invest in Bitcoin. So, so it's, it's either do you want to get rich or do you want to hold on to the wealth that you have? Okay, so for me, is it uh, would it be the right thing to say with Bitcoin, at least right now? It's something where you should be putting putting your toes in, not your yes. whole body. Yeah, yeah. Is so that... it's it's a, a good thing to do is if this is something that you're actually interested in, and it's kind of the thought process of, hey, I don't know what this is entirely, but it kind of makes sense, and I'm really interested in it. What should I do? Uh, there's something called dollar cost averaging, and that's basically no matter where the market is, you turn it into a bill. So every two weeks, let's say on payday, that same day. 
make a payment towards your your exchange and buy like $20 of crypto, $100, whatever you can comfortably afford of like, hey, I was going to spend this money going out to the bar and I do that every single yeah. weekend. Instead of that, I'm going to invest in this and it's like a bill that you pay. So as soon as you pay that, that money's gone. You don't get that money back. And if you can yeah. maintain that mindset of every two weeks, I'm going to put in 50 bucks and leave it no matter what. You keep doing that and eventually, like a couple of years, boom. Oh, wow. I actually still have all that money and it's increased in value. So I just paid myself to invest into myself. And that's a that's that's a cool concept. So that's kind of where I'm leaning towards on Bitcoin of like, it's the yeah, future of your that, own personal that's wealth. That's the part. I, I can jump in on that. I yeah, started I doing that low key with, because um, I was putting money into fucking packs on Ultimate Team on Madden. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Dustin, I don't even have time to play Ultimate Team. Why am I buying coins and shit? And oh, like God. 2K and buying play. I don't even have time to play this fucking game. Why am I putting money into it? I'm like, put it into something like stocks or something. Fuck, Dustin. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's hilarious. Um, you know, getting off the uh, tech talk, we uh, we had our boy Joey Chestnut show up and become arguably the greatest athlete of all time. The if you're calling that a sport, he is. Are, you, are we calling it a sport? I guess so. The sport. The sport. Kyle, the would you break it down the for winning us? Is, there's, there's no real breakdown. He's the best. Like, look at, like, just think. At, Does everyone it, know 72? who Joey Chestnut is? Oh, Today I heard about him. That yeah, was so it. Matt heard about yeah. Joey Chestnut today. He was the, who is this? Face. So he's Kyle's idol, the biggest eater. <laughs> like he, uh, he has. So obviously he's a hot dog eating champion, <laughs> world okay. record yeah, hot dog eater. Okay, like okay. world record like ten times over. Like there's nobody even like compared to him, which is crazy to say that he sits up there. There's four other people along his side, and all of them know they're just there to eat hot dogs. They ain't there for a championship. They're taking an L every single every single time. But I think he has the last ten world championships. I think his last one was well, it was a crazy number, like seventy two hot dogs. Jesus. And buns and everything or just the dogs? Hot dogs and bun. Oh my god. He takes eats the hot dog. His record was seventy five. He broke it with seventy six. Seventy six, that's what it was. How is that like physically so possible? He eats <laughs> pushes question. the hot dog in, bun in the water. Squishes through. Yeah. Over, over. Rinse, repeat. Goes and goes He's and got goes. Got a good technique there. He sucks back wieners, bro. Really? Like, I don't Nobody's even, business. I have no... Like, I would just be like... Like, choking on the dog. Like, if I didn't just, like, have time to chew it. Yeah, does everything. he does he chew the dog? Or is it just straight down the, sucks the guzzle? Like, yeah. something, something happens on the inside. He's got, he's got little minions on yeah, the inside. Yeah, little <laughs> razor blades <laughs> that cut it up or something. But, like, he's... Definitely throwing up for the next multiple days because the yeah. guy's like maybe two hundred pounds. Well, you don't like, want to He's not as fat that. as he should be. Yeah, he's, small he's Asian dude or something. Mostly in shape. No, he's white. Oh, he's a white guy. Okay, that just blew my perception. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's a it's a white night white guy, Joey Chestnut. I don't know how you didn't get that. Wow. Johnny Appleseed and Joey Chestnut. Those are the best. <laughs> the best white guys we got. But the big wow. headline was he won his fourteenth championship. And when you put that number against any other athlete in a major sport, no one's run, won more than, you know, 13 championships in their sport. Oh, I think man. I think I saw it was like Rafael, Rafael Nadal has 13 U.S. Open titles. And now Joey Chestnut has 14 World Hot Dog Eating Championships. So Whoa. is he the greatest of all time ever? Goat of goats. He's doubled up Tom Brady. Yeah. So he must be better, right? He's wow. Clearly better at his sport. Yeah. <laughs> 
and and the thing is, he's I he might be entering his prime. Like how old there, is he? there is no there is no like limit on how long you can eat seventy six <laughs> hot dogs. Like you're never supposed to be able to. No one's ever measured this because no one ever keep fucking. Yeah, that's hot not dogs. a metric. <laughs> Once a year he breaks his record. So like you yeah, every year he breaks. <laughs> you can't like he's just getting better. Jeez, man. <laughs> he's still on the ups. Yeah. So wow, yeah. I I can't wait to see his like his physique. I guess in the next ten years or something like that. He's just gonna oh, die what? of some new disease. <laughs> Once he stops eating, like I don't know, like I don't even. He might, body's gonna go into he shock. He might balloon. Yeah, I don't know what will happen. I don't yeah. think he can. Yeah, I think this is a lifelong thing. You can't retire from eating hot dogs. Yeah, right? maybe his metabolism will just like his metabolism's been low key, just burning like a hot oven this whole oh, time. Yeah. yeah, keeping him at two hundred pounds. The moment he stops, he'll like wither away to like a actually yeah there's like there's people out there who have like certain abilities because their body just works differently maybe yeah. his metabolism is just like supercharged yeah where it's like you, there's no way he'd want like it's one thing to eat those things and consume them for the sake of the contest it's another thing to put that in your body for fuel and mm-hmm. like kyle said does he just throw it all up once he's done? Like, hey, I just ate all this. I won. Yeah. And What's just like, the recovery hey, on that? I don't need to digest 70 hot dogs. Maybe 10. Like, like, and like, does he, does he ever have like a spaghetti dinner? Just right? like a one plate dinner? Like, what is like ketchup and mustard, bro? Like something else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't imagine having his life. But like, there's Michael Phelps with his his lungs where they they work perfectly for, for swimming. Is Lance Armstrong with his irregular heart that works better for, and steroids helped. I was gonna say, didn't he have one nut and steroids? steroids <laughs> yeah. A little bit. They, they might have helped, but allegedly. Break. And then there's Joey Chestnut and the metabolism. Those are the, the three three irregularities <laughs> that created the greatest of their times. Um, wow. Speaking of greatest of their times, yo, I guess Kyle, you wanted to shout out. Oh, was his name Shohei Otani? So tell me about this guy. The th- I don't. I don't really understand in baseball how until now pitchers have basically you're accepted that if you're a pitcher, all you do is pitch. When you get up to bat, if there's no designated hitter, you bunt or just strike out and it's completely fine. Nobody gives a shit about (laughs) that side. You suck at baseball except for the pitching. Yeah. All you know how to do is throw the ball. You don't even like you throw the ball. They throw it back to the guy beside you. You grab it like in the, when you're in the bullpen. You don't even have to catch. So this has been for some reason just accepted. Then Otani just comes in here, and he's I think he's right now leading the league in home runs. He's, oh wow! He's also like just doing great as a pitcher itself. Okay, yeah. And he's his batting is so good that when he gets pulled, like as a, you have starting pitcher, relief pitcher, closing pitcher, when he gets pulled, they've been putting him into the field. So that they can keep his bats out there, and he's he's a good fielder as well. So he's basically the first baseball player. There's <laughs> there's position players all over the place. Yeah, hitters. I find that so weird. It's like it's unreal. My only experience with baseball is like playing it in grade, like in kindergarten. Like everyone right. gets a turn at everything. <laughs> like, yeah, but, but I didn't. I had no idea there was specific spots that's, for each person. It's like does, can't every anyone bat? Like, what do you mean? That's what I but, thought. I I talked to different friends that play baseball and like have been pitchers, and it's they basically they treat it like a quarterback where your quarterback is your main guy, your pitcher is yeah, your main it guy. Really makes sense. They don't want to get them injured. They they want for them to sure. specialize in one thing. Yeah, but I'm like for pitchers especially. 
you're throwing as hard as you can, and a lot of them get a thing called Tommy John, where they bust their elbow, they have to get a surgery, it changes their speed, changes everything about them. Yeah. But you throw yourself out, like, pretty easily. Yeah. So your longevity is shit, because now you haven't been trained how to bat you haven't been trained yeah. how to field right. so i've never understood baseball yeah. other than that i've never understood why so they th- don't go there but this guy's breaking the mold see that's that's I, cool because yeah. I, I find it weird because it's like man aren't you just catching and throwing those are the two things like can't you do that anywhere <laughs> like, yeah. but it makes sense to have specialized people but it's just something i never yeah. thought about it's like so everyone it's, that like ever was like the star of their like team or whatever it's like yeah i'm good at everything but i'm the, the i spe- i'm you know i'm really good at hitting mm-hmm. well if you have all those guys that are really good at hitting only hitting and are all those guys that are really good at catching only catching and then it's kind of worse than that, the guy that's really good at pitching all he does is pitch everyone's specialized yeah yeah but now this guy what he's first First player to ever be, uh, was it an all star in pitching and in just yeah? yeah See, that's that's really crazy. Spots. Yeah, it's something that's never thought and of. And then he's played. a lead off hitter as well. It's wild. So, like it's an all star game, so nobody gives a fuck. But like <laughs> yeah. a lead off hitter is like somebody that's generally the most consistent, whereas a pitcher is always the last batter because they suck. They yeah. don't. They Fair. don't bat. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes so sense. They, they, uh, cause like every inning, obviously, there's three three outs. So generally, you have your your top five are gonna get the most at bats throughout it oh, throughout a game. So okay, your yeah, bottom yeah. five aren't as good. Your last batter is generally the, the, your worst batter, and they always have it as a pitcher. Okay. Yeah. So, but he's that's, uh, that's he's cool. broken the mold, and I think he might change baseball because when people are seeing this now, a pitcher can look at it like I am the most important, but I could be even better. Yeah, now I you have to be more even, dynamic. Like. Because uh, on their t- he plays for the Angels and they have one of the best hitters of all time on their team. Okay. Nobody talks about him. <laughs> Nobody's nobody gives a shit about him because the pitcher is also pitching. About. Yeah. Like you've also got a guy that's you're throwing a hundred pitches and you're hitting bombs. Yeah, and you're the whereas the other guy is just hitting and then he's in the field might get the ball twice three yeah, times a game. Yeah, yeah. Nobody gives a fuck about a fielder. That's that's really crazy. That's that's pretty cool. So baseball um, might have a big change in the next 10, 10 15 yeah. years. So I what's the issue? What's what's going on with this whole like if you're not a pro, you're not allowed to be paid? Like what what's this about? Oh, like with it like man. Let's let, so, let I got to hear about this a little so bit. So this is just recently been overturned. Yeah, 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 okay. So fine. <laughs> the NCAA is the uh National Collegiate Athletic Association has had this rule for literally ever that if you are playing on a college team for the sake of protecting the amateurism of the sport, you are not allowed to accept or profit off anything to do with your likeness, your face, any of your performance or, uh, you know, notoriety for playing in the sport. So you can't, no recruiting things. So, like, you can't take money from the coaches that recruit you, ask them to school, be like, hey, I'll give you some money. Can't do that. Um, you can't, you know, make money off autographs. You can't get make money off appearances, you can't have talks. free crab legs. You, <laughs> you can't get anything given to you because it's not even just money, it's gifts too. Like I can't give you really, you know, anything from like a card to like, like Kyle said, like crab legs. Like you can't get anything. Yeah. You have see, to that's be, wild. Which is why it is wild because like you got guys that are hella deprived and it's like, okay. Um, I guess most recently I would think of Najee Harris. He's an NFL running back. He just got drafted in the first round this year. Um, 
he was literally homeless for the last couple of years, despite being one wow. of the best players in the country. Wow. And despite making his, you know, when you have all the best players in these schools and they make millions off these TV deals, playing your games, you know, forcing you to do interviews, forcing you to do other things that you don't get a cent for. They take all of the money. And then this guy is literally homeless until he gets finally drafted to the NFL, and then he gets a check, and then he can wow. literally... You're funding the entire university. Yeah. Like, if they took out a year of football from, like, a team like Texas or, like, Oklahoma, the school's going under. They've got Seriously? nothing. Seriously. They, they, they have absolutely nothing. And they're paying their coaches millions of dollars. Wow. Amateur coaches in their... In their their words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So finally, the NCAA is allowing players to make money off their likeness. So they anybody can be sponsored. Anybody can, uh, like, for for us personally, they're gonna have the, they're gonna bring back the video games because before they had the games, and then people realized like this is kind of bullshit. Right. You're making tons of money, and they they would just have all the players, but they just have their jersey numbers. They wouldn't put their name on it, oh. so they weren't actually talking about those players. Same as selling jerseys. They would sell the player's jersey without their name. So they didn't have to pay the players. Wow, that's greasy. Yeah, uh, it's super greasy. And (laughs) and it's like for the football player, like generally football players stay in university for the full four years. Okay. It takes longer to get to the pro level as a football player. Okay. Anytime in those four years, you get injured. You don't make the league. You don't make any money. Yeah, you're screwed. You were the... Potential number one over a pick, you get injured, you don't come back. Now the millions you were about to make, you still have your scholarship to fall back yeah. on, and that's what they consider a scholarship. Is this is how you get paid? Like we're we're giving free you a free college. Y- yeah, yeah. You're going. Man. You're a football player. You're a basketball player. You don't give a fuck about your GPA. <laughs> you're just there so that you can get to the league. Yeah. And they finally have allowed them to make money, and basically every collegiate athlete you've never heard of. That has a lot of followers is going to bar stool. They're they're sponsoring everybody. <laughs> wow. They yeah, wasn't even, a, there was someone who wasn't allowed having a YouTube channel or something yeah, like that because so it was like they can't do the, the same thing at the same time. There was this dude. His uh, his handle's destroying. He's uh, he was a kicker at UCF and uh, he had a YouTube channel and he was doing really well social media. And they basically said you either quit football or you quit YouTube. It's one or the other. You can't That's have crazy. Both. And. It's it's you know it's shit for him because he's honestly really talented mm-hmm. and he's he's got more skills than just a normal kicker too like he's got a lot of videos online of him playing with even like you know actual NFL players just like shooting the shit with them playing a little one on one or whatever he's he's really talented um, but he was basically at this point where oh, I have to give up my potential NFL career to play to do YouTube or vice versa. And he ended up betting on himself. He, he stuck with YouTube instead of football. And now he's a social media influencer. He's oh. getting to hang out with all these NFL players and go on their shit, be on their podcast, oh, go on their cool, extracurriculars. Like, um, I see Tyreek Hill hanging out with him all the time and even invited him to his uh, charity basketball game that he held. Mm-hmm. And just gives him more connections, more people. And Yeah, that's good that it worked out for him. I didn't know that he picked YouTube. Yeah. There's, but, uh, there's a guy named uh, Tristan Jass. Did the exact same thing through basketball. Had a D1 scholarship. They said, quit YouTube or not. He stuck Bro, with that's YouTube. That's wild, man. But it's, it's, an un, it's unreal that like at any time they'd be like, oh, you, you have a job that's paying you, but you're supposed to play sports. Yeah. Like you, you run your own business? No, you can't be paying yourself. What are you doing? Man. Right? And their that, argument is that because you're 
getting more notoriety because yeah, of they're they're sports. a figure, right? Like they're, yeah. they're that, yeah, they're like, oh no, no, it's me. I'm the reason that you're getting noticed. Not you coming to my school and doing everything, and then my school being like, yeah, I'm Duke. Yeah. Like, duh. <laughs> like, of course he's right? noticed. And it, wow, it will be man. tough for sport uh, colleges because, like, like Kyle had mentioned, you know, these athletes fund the university, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, you have Seriously. your tuitions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But these TV deals, billions of dollars. And the thing is, you know, it's it's it'll be harder to for um, it's the smaller sports because, like, football brings in more money than any college sport. Mm-hmm. even dream of basketball is probably yeah, yeah. A, the distant second okay but they're probably second yeah definitely. after that what baseball maybe there isn't an after i don't that. i don't think there's there is, top two there's no say, one else like a, no it, one else is making money maybe after that. girls softball okay. like in, in texas it's really big but like that's about the closest you're gonna and like college look. hockey hmm. i mean you can find like like that's a college hockey's played on like youtube live sometimes like okay like who's it's watching that nobody. stuff yeah so it's really it's it's one and two and there's a huge gap between one and two and no one else is making any money at all and all of those sports all of those athletes are still considered d1 athletes they're still at the top of what they do in the same way that the football players and the basketball players are um and they're expecting the same facilities they're expecting the same gear same you know everything hmm. but they make no money so that's why you have the TV deals that basically pay into those sports to support them so that they can have that. Wow. Because if football just took all the money, everyone else is in fucking rags. They yeah. don't get the big shiny LSU clothes when they go to their meet. Like, they won't make any money. No one pays to watch. Imagine gymnastics, track and field. No one's watching that shit. Yeah. And if they are, it's like, what, $5 admission? Mm, it's a little steep. Like, <laughs> and, and that's the thing is that... They still uh, need flights and everything, right? That, that's, that's... Right now, it's kind of the great equalizer because... Gym, gymnastics gymnasts they're the ones with all the instagram followers they're the ones that are getting like that have have the ability to actually get sponsored because most football players are just playing fo- like this is their dream they're just playing football they're not fo- focusing on the rest mm-hmm. gymnasts and like soccer players or like high jump all that shit they're they're trying to get Instagram because nobody's looking at them in right. case they make money. They're trying to double as like models, basically. Yeah, because they, they're they want to make an shape. income after because they know after four years they're they're not making money. And then like the Olympics, they don't pay athletes either. So if these these people once they're done their track and field, their goal their next goal is the Olympics. They're still not getting paid, so they yeah. need to fi- figure out a way to make money on the side. The Olympics is like the biggest scam ever. Oh yeah, it's it's <laughs> like, the exact same thing. Whoever for... the the city that gets sponsored to be allowed to host it has to pay for everything, and yeah. then the Olympics just leaves, and everyone has to clean up their shit. Yeah. And then the Olympics money. makes all the their money. Their whole community is left in shambles because it was probably not as profitable as they thought it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's Pretty a big tough. it's a big dick show. But uh, the. The thing I wanted to say with the NCAA, uh, it might be more of a question to you just because you, you don't watch as much sports, but uh, do you see do you see less less top end talent actually going to the league from this? Because they're gonna be they're not gonna be only solely focused on their craft. They're gonna be focused on the the social media side, the like I don't need to do this interview here. I can go on this podcast and do this and I'm going to make more money on my own. And as well, they're going to start when they're doing podcasts, doing all these extra things, they're going to say shit. That's not right. They're, they're 20, 19, 20 year old kids. They're going to accidentally miss, misspeak and have like TV deals want to come down on them saying, we don't like this guy, blah, blah, blah. So are we going to lose out on talent potentially with this happening? 
I think it's it's really interesting because it's always going to come down to, you know, what does the market decide? What does the consumer base want to see? Because on one side, you have guys like, you know, Reggie Bush. He was an, uh, a running back back in the early 2000s when we were kids, um, and he went to the NFL. And he wasn't as popular in the NFL, but in college, he's like an icon. He's like a, you know, Hall of Fame college football player, but pretty average NFL player. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he... They found out he accepted 300k from his school, so they deleted all of his his college football records. They took away his Heisman Trophy, which is given to the best player in the country usually. Wow! Um, and they basically just blackballed him. And so you know, there's that. And he's like, you know, now that this rule's been overturned, he's like, can I have my Heisman back? <laughs> but then on the other side, you got uh, um, I can't remember his name. Um, but there's uh, he's the son of a basketball player, like uh. I don't even remember the guy's name, but uh, he just signed like a $2 million endorsement deal with a tech company, and he hasn't even actually played a college basketball game yet. And I'm just like, this guy still has to go to camp. Like, he hasn't even played yet, and he just signed $2 million. He's a millionaire, and he just finished high school. Wow. So, like, what does the market decide? Are we saying that we're so in, you know, where do we want to see athletes? Because I even remember when Connor McDavid, who's like the best hockey player in the world, before he gets to the NHL, he was playing out, and I think it was like the London Knights or something like that. Something yeah. relatively close out in Ontario to where I was going to school. And I had a couple buddies who were like, this guy's the future. He's the next guy. We have a chance to go see him for free or like five bucks right now, or we'll never see him again because we're going to see him on TV for the rest of our lives. Um, unless you pay like $100 for a ticket or whatever. Yeah. tickets yeah. are these days. Um, and, you know, there's a good community of people that are like, hey, well... Do we want how early do we want to see these guys? Can we tell who's the next great one? That's what I think of because the NFL, you're like, all right, you got guys like Reggie Bush who did so well, they were so powerful in college. Let's see him in the NFL and they'll get their contract money. But then you got, you know, all those guys are like, I only watch college football. I just like want to watch the college guys because they have more at stake because they're they have to work for that contract still. They haven't got. I always yet. I always hear that the the college teams work way harder. Like you get a way better game out of those because they haven't been they paid broke. Yet. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They got shit. They, 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 they got to push they it. Play really good or they go back. Yeah. wherever they came from. They yeah, haven't been, yeah, they haven't been paid yet. And in in the NFL, that's validated by guys that you know. They're on a contract year. They're trying to re-sign a contract. They're playing out of their mind. Guys that are signed their big money. Once you pay that that guy, you pay him. Well, then he plays like shit. I was like, what's the point of paying him? He's gonna play like shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, does that bring it back a step now to like high school? How early are we gonna watch these? Because like this guy that I just talked about, he just played high school basketball, and he got earned an endorsement for yeah, two that's million dollars. Wild. Just on high school. So yeah. now we're and that's the thing. High school basketball has probably the most hype out of any sport. Because, like, I say f- college football is the biggest college sport. No one cares about high school football. But college – or sorry, high school basketball, though, you'll see that on ESPN if someone's going off. Yeah. Like, Zion Williamson, he's, what, second year in the NBA. He played one year at Duke because in uh, in NBA, you just have to play one year of college, whereas football, it's, like, three. Um, so I'm watching his highlights before he's even graduated high school. Wow. Can you imagine the endorsements? Like, he's the, he was the most hyped prospect since LeBron James – in this recent era yeah, and how much money he would have made before he even got to university before he even got to the NBA. Mm-hmm. He had to wait. He made nothing, absolutely nothing. Sold millions of dollars of tickets. Wow. Sold hey. So much merchandise. Yeah. They make a dime. They, they've That's, been taking advantage of for so long. And like, 
not not conspiracy, but <laughs> Le- LeBron James' son, like two years out from going to university, and he he signed a deal with I think Phase Clan. He's a mm-hmm. he's a gamer, so he's making money in high school. You're allowed to do that, but when it comes to NCAA, you were never able to. Now these rules are changing. You can like it's not for sure, but you you know there's pressure from the the top end in basketball and I don't know as much in football because they don't seem to meddle in like kind of the stuff below but in basketball it's all about player empowerment like the last like five ten years has been we're we're the product without us that you have absolutely nothing you have a ball and a hoop so pay us and do whatever the fuck we want yeah if we want traded trade us if we want to stay here, stay here. If we want to be on ESPN instead of this, if we want this guy to be here. Yeah, see, that that's makes all sense. that matters. So now they're saying, if you want us to go to NCAA, you, we need to do one year of college, then pay us. Let us have money. If you don't want to pay us, let us be able to make money on the side. So I feel like this opens up a pretty interesting opportunity or like a, a really intriguing avenue of like, so if now these younger people can now get paid and playing top level sports it's like not a sustainable thing in the sense of like you get your prime years out of it and then you retire and hopefully your body is good enough to keep up with it kind of thing yeah. right um so it could it might turn into this thing where like the top level sports is in these college level things all of these younger people are making all their money they don't really have a need to go into like the professional leagues anymore because now they have their name out there they're like a, a public figure. They have enough money to sponsor the next venture in their life. And they can use that as a stepping stone to like go somewhere else in their life. Mm-hmm. So they can start off in their absolute prime of being young, make all this money, and then stop right there before they really start hitting those big injuries and then move on to the next thing. So then like yeah. what's going to happen with these top level sports if these people now don't really need to be doing it. Well, I think what's wild is we're in this era where you can be a social media influencer. Mm -hmm. And a social media influencer is like the most vague thing in the world. And my personal opinion is that most people, obviously there's some people that are hella uninteresting. Most people have the capacity to be a social media influencer. It's just a matter of getting your name and recognition to enough eyes to have enough people see and decide if they like you or not. Yeah. If you don't, you could be the most interesting person in the world, but if no one's ever heard you or seen you talk or see you on the internet... Nothing will ever happen. Yeah. But then you'll have a guy that maybe he's hella boring, but he made one like video that like three or 30 million people saw it. Yeah. Maybe a hundred viral hundred million people decide or a hundred hundred thousand people thought he's kind of funny though. And they followed him. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden he's got a hundred K followers. And then that slowly builds because now he's he's got people watching. Yeah. He can now support himself off that. He can now focus on just a product of his social media presence. And then once you have the income and you can just start working on that yeah it'll get better and then mm-hmm. he'll attract those people that were on the fence and then mm-hmm. he'll attract the new people that are on the fence. he just keeps building and building and so now you have the situation with sports where this kid who signed that two million dollar deal he goes to college he's got his name out there everyone's hyped on him he signed his deal well and just like lebron james son he's gonna go play pro gaming now mm-hmm. well, he got a bit of notoriety just off his high school athletics alone now he's already got that he doesn't have to it takes it's, it, it helps people avoid that chance of maybe they get noticed on a viral video and mm. uses that ability for their athletic gift mm-hmm. to get the recognition. And I'll use that recognition to immediately have thousands of followers to immediately become an instant influencer. Yeah. And now that whole time they're on their journey to the pros, just like you guys have already kind of hinted at, 
what's why you know how big are those contracts going to have to be for them to want to go to the pros exactly versus just keep riding this endorsement train because this endorsement train and all these people that was like you know you can just post ads on instagram all day and make money now you can go on twitch and you know play video games like you might make more money twitch streaming 2k than actually playing in the nba like that could happen so the thing i'm envisioning right now is basically toppling over the nba because these these players are making so much money that they can control their own destiny. They're also the top level NBA like prospects. The next up, they all can control it and do the Jake Paul, Logan Paul thing. I I want to have my own super fight. I want to have my own super team of the five best pro- prospects of everywhere. You don't have to come to Duke to do this. We don't have to give these people the money. Yeah. All of us keep our money and let's. Build, build an their arena, own league. yeah, and yeah, we're gonna have yeah. this other team. So it's always the best of the best, and there's no middleman. There's no league because we can afford to to hire all the same people that the league would have done because we have all that money. Yeah. So now it's basically to- it's potential of toppling over giants at the the nth degree. That. Obviously, I, I... it ha- it'll be a while before it gets there, and you know these are multi like billion trillion dollar conglomerates <laughs> they're going to be putting up every barrier as pos- possible but you're already seeing in yet again the logan paul thing where it's it's destructuring it mm-hmm. it's the, the bitcoin like where it's destructured money it's a paradigm no, nobody shift wants the whole world, somebody man. in charge anymore yeah. yeah i'm in charge of me mm-hmm. and this is what i do if i'm great at it i want all the re- respect for it i want all the money yes. i don't want to share it with somebody else yeah and, and then I, you I also have to that. consider too is you're going to have guys like um, right now in the NFL, Juju Smith-Schuster is probably like the biggest social media influencer slash athlete in the okay. league. Now, him just being on your team with his immense following online is going to bring eyes to your team. It's going to bring yeah. people to buy jerseys. Now says. they're following the team only because of him, so not now the other way around. he has more value than just being a receiver. Yeah. Because he's also, like, they just signed Tim Tebow, who... Tim Tebow played college football. He was a quarterback. He was really good in college. Everyone loved him. He was, like, renowned. He was, like, hall, college Hall of Fame. Okay. He goes to the NFL. He sucks ass. He gets oh. cut. He's been out of the league for, like, eight years or something like that. He hasn't even played. So as far as we're considered, his career's dead. But his college football coach got a job in the NFL. What's he do? Signs Tim Tebow at a new position who has absolutely no merit, no credibility at this position and completely disrespects all the people that are fighting for those jobs Yeah, just because he knew a guy. Wow, hey. So now you have a guy that, well, there's, there's several reasons you can articulate that, you know, of why he deserves a chance. But what about the idea that everyone still loves how good Tim Tebow was from when he was in college? And he immediately is the number one jersey seller in the world. Like, or sorry, not the world, yeah. in the NFL. He's the number one jersey. So now you have a guy that you've signed for piss money who's going to do absolute fuck all on your team, who you probably won't... I mean, they'll probably give him some reps. They didn't sign him for nothing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a random person just signed for nothing. But he's going to get all these jersey sales and bring all this money into your team, little investment on your side. Yeah. Well, now you have a guy like Juju who's an actual, like, arguably, uh, he's like a number one receiver for your team. So he's going to be your best receiver, or at least top two. And because of his following, he can also come to your team and bring all of these people from social media being like, I want a Juju jersey because of what he did on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Like, so now your team's going to make money off that. He's got that external value. Now he can be like, hey, we all know that I have external value. I want more money than just a average receiver. Yeah, I might not be as good as DeAndre Hopkins, 
but I have more of a social media presence, which is going to bring more money for you. And because you're making more money, I want more money, despite yeah. being a lesser player. No, it's that's not like, about the sports anymore. That's like just the sideline. It's of, the attraction, the draw. Yeah, like you want the celebrity on your team? That celebrity is going to demand point. more money. And, and that's wow, the thing. It's always been like that, but there's been no way to tell. There's been no way to know that Juju Smith was the the most followed here because there was no internet mm-hmm. like yeah everybody only watched teams because they had the best of the best yeah yeah like nobody was watching the lakers because they had Derek fisher no it was shaq and kobe but they didn't have a, a presence to prove that it was them right they, they just had their only ability the only celebrity they'd get is when they do an interview or something or mm-hmm. you know they'd have a big game or something like that and then they get their moment to talk and they'd have that celebrity yeah now that celebrity just comes out of fucking nowhere yeah you you make your own celebrity right you or decide like, to talk into a camera you make that one moment that goes viral and you start going now you did it yourself you didn't wait for somebody to bring a reporter down and ask you the right question at the mm-hmm. perfect time right. and have the right response off the top of your head, That's you did it yourself. Right. And, and you know, it's crazy because if you think of, like, the olden days, um, you know, Juju plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another Pittsburgh Steeler legend is this guy named Mean Joe Green. He played D-tackle back in the 70s. He's probably top two defensive tackles of all time. He's just absolute icon. Now, um, back in the 70s, you think Mean Joe Green's caring about what's going on people talking about how famous he is no he's a football player he's literally out here to rip your head off like he's he's a baller now he had a coca-cola commercial that sold hella coke (laughs) that sounded bad hella coca-cola bottles (laughs) he sell a lot of pop of this coca-cola commercial um so you know but back then he just yeah i did a commercial i got paid for the commercial cool job done moves Mm -hmm. on with his day but now there's just so much celebrity it's like well i didn't just sell you coca-cola for that day I'm selling you tickets this whole time I'm here. Mm-hmm. Guys like him are sitting there thinking, well, we didn't worry about our celebrity. But guys now are thinking, well, I got all this celebrity. The dollars are real. The internet value is real. That's going to demand real money. Yeah. And I think that that's only the start of it. Cause, and like you said, too, they're going to have their own money before they even get to the NFL mm-hmm. because they've been making money. Yeah, They're not thirsty for that first NFL contract and eager to sign that shit offer that they might have gotten that maybe they got undervalued or lowballed yeah. because the league's like you're broke as fuck i could change your life with this contract yeah but this contract could be a lot more but i know that you're okay just taking this because you've been broke your whole life now that they can be like i already have 50 mil in the bank only 30 i'm not even going to play for you if you don't pay me this much and now they can just start who knows maybe this wow hey. this the implications of this ncaa deal and allowing these players to get money in their pockets so early is going to take a lot of power away from NFL. I, I really think so. That's like, I, I really see this being a big, big thing in it over the next decade, essentially. And, and, you know, Kyle touched on it briefly, but like the end, the basketball community as a whole has very much been about the players. Mm-hmm. There's, see, that's cool, at least. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. And generally speaking, it's because there's less players on a team, okay. which makes it easier for them to come together and be together. And when you think of the NBA Players Association, which is like their union, you have the top players in the league, your LeBron James, your Chris Pauls, like the, the big names, they all stand together. They fight for every man in the league that plays basketball. Okay. And they're like, we need this for everybody. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, it's a little different. You quarterback. Have, you have, first off, <laughs> you have, and the guy that protects the quarterback. You have, first off, a drastically different race perspective, whereas the NBA, it's basically all black guys. They all have a similar background. They can all relate to each other. It's easier for them to get behind each other. The NFL, you got systemic racism running rampant 
Really? And there's obviously a lot of white guys play football. There's a lot of black guys play football. Probably more black than white, but the most important position in the league is the quarterback, predominantly a white position. Oh. Even to the point where up until, I don't know, last 20 years, would you even hire a black quarterback unless he was exceptional? Probably not. Interesting. Like they, say, they really get screwed for a long, like really, long eh? history in the NFL. Black quarterbacks get discriminated football against. goes owner, general manager, quarterback, and then everybody else coaches. is on <laughs> co- coaches, DBs, linebackers, receivers. Everybody else is below. Those are the Man. three people that matter. Yeah, yeah. And they've all been white. <laughs> and forever. and and it's even to the point where there's like rules, like you have to interview black coaches at least to give them a chance to get the job. Because they just don't hire black coaches. Because hmm. the idea, and then like, if I were to speculate why, I guess the idea would be you have a white owner. He's got all this money, and this is his thing. This is his baby maker, baby maker, money maker. Hey. <laughs> I'm just saying weird shit now. He's going to want to hire someone that he trusts. Who's he going to trust? Somebody like him. Well, he's an old white guy, so he's going to want an old white guy. Yeah. They're going to, oh, they're going to, who are they going to trust as their quarterback? Someone that they see a little bit of themselves in. Who's that? A younger white guy. Yeah. And so that kind of idea stems the most important positions to always be only white guys. Interesting. And so it's only recently that like you're seeing like these, you know, black head coaches, you know, get opportunities that they really haven't got. And honestly, they're not even getting the opportunities they should be getting. There's still so many more guys that deserve big opportunities. They're still getting snubbed to this day. So it's not even like a fixed issue. But there is some progress in that field. Um and, you know, because of the success of a few here and there, black quarterbacks are now getting their time where they get opportunities because some of them are the best in the league. You know, the best quarterback in the world right now is Patrick Mahomes, and he's – I'm pretty sure he's ha- he's mixed. I don't think he's, like – I don't think his mom's black, but his dad's definitely black. Um, I didn't do a DNA test. I'm not sure. I mean, either One way, way he's obviously not <laughs> he's obviously not white. But the point being is, that, you know, there's a lot of black quarterbacks that are having success because – Obviously, at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. Your yeah. ability to play the position is what matters. But this idea that they couldn't and this racism that's been going on for so yeah. long, and it's tough. And now you have that that white quarterback, they're going to pay him. So he's not, even though he's he's getting paid, he's the most influential. So if you want to have that NFL Players Association, the NFL Players Association, like I said, basketball, top guys are running that. They're fighting for everyone. In football, they're not because there's so many more players on a team and it's harder for them to come together because yeah. of that racial divide. Those big quarterbacks like Tom Brady, biggest quarterback in the world, he's not he's not the head of the NFL Players Association. He hmm. made his money. He doesn't talk about it. Yeah, he doesn't go he fight care, for the little guy. He doesn't care. Yeah. He, I wow, mean, I'm eh? not saying he's a bad guy, but there's no precedent to be set that they should be doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got I get Super that. Bowl MVP Tom Brady, white guy. NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers, white guy. Are they the ones fighting for every dollar for all the little guys? Not even close. No. Hey. Did they even go to those meetings? They, Who knows? Yeah, that, <laughs> Probably that's, not. That's the big thing with football is there's so many different positions, so many different players that they all, you if you're one position, you think that this other position is below you. So when you go to the table immediately, if you're the, the head of it, they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. We'll stick with you and we won't pay them. We we can't really afford what they want, but we can give you a raise and maybe drop them down a little bit. And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, that's my pockets. That's what I I haven't made any money. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna take that deal every time. Jeez. And like, just go back. Hey, man, I tried, but like, turns out you can't yeah. make as much money. They don't they don't like you. It's not it's out of my hands. Yeah. And if everyone's just fighting for themselves because of the culture that they've created, then the little guy gets fucked. And now you have in the NBA, you got guaranteed contracts where even if they get fired or they get hurt, they still get their money. 
In the NFL, it's like, oh, you signed this big contract. Oh, you got hurt. Canceled. Yeah, you can you cut a contract nothing. at any moment. That yeah. was, I didn't know that for the longest time. When I heard it, I was like, that's literally not wow. a contract. That's <laughs> is a, that that's only an NFL or is that all, all across the board? Uh, mm-hmm. I think other sports have it, but NFL, it's like, it's, it's if it's a guaranteed road. contract, it's like, oh, wow. He really, he really yeah. went to the bargaining table and was able to get a guarantee. Yeah, everyone's okay, really okay. proud that people get like so much money guaranteed, but it'll be like, oh, you signed an $80 million contract, 20 guaranteed. Wow, that's really good. So you still... Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you signed an 80, 80 guarantee, or an 80,000, it's, 80 it's mil. crazy, 80 yeah. million. Whereas like the NBA, the, the worst is it'll be, uh, you have a partially guaranteed contract, so... If you get to the three quarters of the way through the season, there's a free agent signing and then the trade deadline. If you get to that point, they have a decision. They could either sign you for the rest of the, the that year and you get the rest of that money on top or you lose wow. it and you get paid for what you did. Yeah, yeah. But there's never a time where it's like, oh, we don't really like you. So we're going to take back the last the next three years. You yeah. can figure yeah. it out now. Yeah. Wow. Meanwhile, hey. like sports um, are fucked. I'm pretty sure NHL. (laughs) The contracts, when you start looking at them, it's like, this is crazy. I'm pretty sure in the NHL, you have to buy players out of contracts as well. Because, like, if you sign someone to a shit contract and they suck at hockey, you're just, like, on the list of, like, worst contracts in the league, basically. Like, hockey players get paid dick. I mean, yeah, they they get paid pissed. They get paid nothing. Yeah, Sidney Crosby, at the time, making, like, what, 14 mil was, like, the cap. Yeah, they're trying. Really? Hey. Guys getting over 10 mil, and I'm like. This is why would anybody play hockey? I'm pretty sure the number like, one there's no reason number one NFL pick this year just signed for like 60 mil and he hasn't even played an NFL game yet. Wow, and it's like it's just it's crazy. Totally, it's wild. I've different. been uh, there. I have been reading about a couple of different, mostly I think NFL, but people are starting to ask for their contract in Bitcoin. Have you heard anything about this? Yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen yeah a couple of people asking it. for it in Bitcoin, and that's like, yo, man, you get like this big lump sum all in Bitcoin, you just hold on to that. That's crazy, dude. That's wild. Yeah, I yeah, hope that yeah. they bought low. <laughs> that's but wild. No, I get, that just like adds into the rest of the conversation we've been having, like where that could take it. Mm-hmm. All these different changes have such a impact that I don't think we have the ability to fully realize. No, that. I think there's a lot. Like I've been saying this in the background for quite a while, but I, I really feel like we're at the edge or at the cusp of like a technological revolution. Like yeah. the next industrial revolution kind of thing. We have yeah. just so much technology and we have so much information now that we don't have to keep doing things the way we've been doing it. And there's right. been people who are at the top and they know how the system works and like basically manipulating and exploiting the system because they know so well of how it works. Mm. And all of that's kind of crumbling in a sense of like there's so many other options out there now where these people who are being exploited they can start making money now. Yeah. And like they, they don't have to worry about being the getting to that pro level because they can make their money before now. And it's and it's I th- crazy. And I think kind of, you know, you know, Kyle was talking about how these big guys are really forcing the younger, you know, the smaller guy, you know, you, you talk about having 80K in Bitcoin or something, and then something happens, you lose it, and you're like pressured into selling for whatever reason. It's kind of like being the you know the big dick at the poker table. You can keep pushing them all in and just fucking with them. It doesn't matter if you have the better cards, you're the better player. You can just be that chip bully and mm-hmm. just kind of push your weight around. Yeah, you know, it takes that power back in a sense that like all these people that have just using their money to oppress the system and control the system in a certain way and control these athletes at lower levels to make themselves more money because whatever business they're in, allowing more people to make money mm-hmm. takes that money problem. You know, it reduces it. It doesn't take mm-hmm. it away completely, but it'll help them have their own money. And 
if we all of a sudden are reducing, you know, or sorry, giving all these people all this wealth, like you said, it can just reduce the control that you thought you were under this whole time. And yeah. who knows what that means for the next stage of Yeah, I really like what you, like, let's say these top pro levels, it really is, it turns obvious that it's just about the money where it's not about the best players it's about who can bring in the most money now Mm. well then what's stopping these players from making their own complete league where it's like no this league is about the players go they can do their own thing whatever but this is like the real the real show this is like the best of the best all playing because they actually want to play together and they don't care about making the money off of this league because now it's their passion project. They're funding the league, and then that's going to create itself. And yeah, and that's and that's that's huge. They're immediately ma- even if they don't care about the money. This it's, it's still yeah. Just it's, make money. And the it's the initial concept isn't about like let's do this and we're gonna we're gonna make even more money. It's like yeah. no, like we are the best players in the whole world. Let's play together. Yeah, we're the best. We have the money. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, and that's 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 gonna be huge because people are gonna want to watch that. Yeah. yeah, like if if I knew the fact that. The pro, like, especially like this is all, this is all new to me. Like, this is mind blowing, right? I, I had no idea about any of this, but going Most from this here, is made up. Like, this, this, whole, this whole part here is just off the top of my head. This whole part. <laughs> no, no, no I know. I mean, from like, like pro, pro level sports and everything of like how much it's actually about the money and not necessarily oh, yeah, about yeah, the yeah. sport and yeah. everything like that. That's yeah. what I mean. Um, but if I knew that there was two different leagues and I don't know too much about sports and I know that one is strictly there for profit and the other one is there for the passion, I guess. I'm going to watch the passion one, man. Yeah. Like, right? fuck the top levels if I know that there's another league. You see the talent goes to Exactly. The yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's interesting, man. I think man. Uh, my final thought is I just think it's, it's interesting, too, because, you know, there's things called business decisions in football. And, like, an example would be... Uh, Deion Sanders is another Hall of Fame player. He okay. he describes a a moment in his career where he was he was super famous right out of college. He gets the NFL and he's trying you know trying to live up to the hype that he's generated for himself to be the guy. And he's going in, he's making some hard tackles. And one of the veteran players on his team tells him, "Say, hey, young fella, um, I see you out here busting ass, and I respect it." But remember, the longer you're in the league, the more money you're going to make. Mm-hmm. So now you got sports like football where there's a physical toll that you pay to make that money. You're beating yourself up. And if you have money already, you're thinking to yourself, for what? If you're already making that money, do you really want to beat yourself up? Yeah. Does things like football that pays that physical toll, you know, other sports that aren't as physical – there is still a physical toll to play any sport at a high level because of the wear and tear and everything like that. But now you got to put that in the equation. Is it worth it? What's the business decision? How long am I actually going to play? Cause there's, there's football players out there that like, um, you know, I watched the, I am athlete podcast and there's a guy in there, Channing Crowder wasn't a hall of famer, barely an all-star. I don't even think he made an all-star game. Maybe he did. I don't know. doesn't matter either way. He basically knew in his head, the moment I have $6 million, I'm done playing football because I put it in the bank and I'll live off the interest and I'll get 300K a year and I'm set for life. And that's it. So he played until he hit his goal. He made his money. Bye. Yeah, Could have signed see? another contract. Didn't want to. That's a smart financial Because decision, his body's man. healthy still. and He's not yeah. even 30. Yeah. And there's a lot of examples in the last 10 years of people retiring before they're even 30. Because See, they're just like, I'm done. Me. I don't want to hurt my body anymore. Yeah. I'm tired of being, you know, bag of bones getting beat on. Is it worth it? Yeah. So my final thoughts is this whole thing just changes what we, 
you know, the business decisions that are going to come. Mm-hmm. I have no idea where it's going to go, but it's definitely interesting. That's so, interesting. So that was, that was a beautiful thought, but I'd like to bring it back to some of your <laughs> your more terrible thoughts, like how you said Chris <laughs> motherfucking Paul wasn't one of the top point guards Matt doesn't want in to the hear entire world. <laughs> Matt's so, telling me he's already over this topic. So Chris Matt- Paul is... <laughs> Arguably the second best, if not in some people's opinions, the best point guard of all time. Everybody's talking about shit. people talk about him as well. Isn't that like up. isn't that Jake Paul's brother? Yeah, exactly. He's related to them. He's just another waste man like That's that. NBA player. So he's he's been in the league for sixteen Fucking years. Paul's are everywhere now. And he doesn't talk shit, ranked him hella low in his top fifty list. Always saying how Chris Paul is a bum. Chris Paul is putting on a show, brought a team that hasn't made the playoffs in years, hasn't made the finals in something like 20-something 20, 20 years, and is has him on the brink of winning a championship on his back. So I just <laughs> My basketball takes Dustin. this last year have been so bad. So bad. There's this one episode before we even did video that I literally titled the episode, LaMelo Balls Sucks. Guess who won Rookie of the Year? <laughs> Oh, just trigger warnings here. Are you right? how he couldn't he couldn't make the league? I, I wrote nobody. this whole narrative of how and why he's going to fail, and nice. none of it came true, Everything and it was so wrong. off. Everything he had, was I had bo- such except a for Dame Dollar. I made Dame Dollar, you were good. I made such a big story, and this whole story was basically predicated off his older brother, who's in the league first, being better than him and like picking on him, basically. You know, push around your little brother. Yeah, yeah. Turns out he fucking sucks, and his little brother kicked his ass every moment I saw them on the TV. <laughs> nice, nice. But all in all, Chris Paul is putting on a godly performance. I think we talked about this on the last podcast. This was one of the best playoffs I've ever seen in basketball. It's the the only time anybody in the entire world has been excited to watch Phoenix and Milwaukee do anything. <laughs> Honestly, so it's weird uh, ass places. But uh, that's my, why we're rooting for Milwaukee, Matt. Yeah, because we my, don't want uh, Chris Paul to win. We want Giannis. Fucking to win. Logan Paul, man! I swear to God, what an asshole. Logan and now he's in basketball too. Fuck. Right. <laughs> my, my my take on sports. I love watching it, but it's like go sports, <laughs> do the thing, get the point. Anyways, um, we've been going for Anything a long else? ass time. So we're at 158 one. here. Yeah, so uh, we'll call it right there. <laughs> we'll save everything else for next time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, thanks for sticking around. Uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Take care, guys. Peace out.